Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Taryn watches live feeds all day long. Brent's always there to say when he's wrong. They've got the feud that just won't quit. And Melissa's the one who has to deal with their sh**. They told you it for free. While you're living your life, they're watching TV. They do it for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rob Has a Podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and today I'm going to be sitting down with some wonderful people to do something very special. We're going to rank all of the seasons of Big Brother Big Brother North America, uh, and in particular, the U.S. seasons right now. Uh, but for right now, we are going to be ranking every single season of the show that we all love with me tonight to do this uh, colossal task is Melissa Denny. How are you doing, Melissa? I am doing well. I had a very, very busy past few days where I was binge watching like seven seasons. I literally watched maybe eight. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 in three days. So that was, I'm really like overloaded with Big Brother right now. I could tell you like all these past house guests. I could tell you any of that stuff. And the reason why I picked those seasons was because those were seasons that I remembered that I liked some of them, didn't like some of them, but I couldn't remember why or what or anything like that. Cause those are the ones that I had only watched a while ago. Whereas the, earlier seasons I rewatched them more recently and I just hadn't gotten into those middle seasons yet so I, I just had to power through them so I could do my rankings right yes that, that reminds me of uh when Jordan and I did the uh the most bitter jury ranking podcast where <laughs> I literally watched every single final tribal and jury questioning segment Oh my God. Uh, to rank them. Uh, you got to do your homework when you're a podcaster. Uh, this guy always does his homework, or at least I think he does. It's Brent is also with us tonight. How you doing, Brent? 
I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. As I told you before we went live, we haven't done one of these in a minute. I'm very excited about this. I put a lot of time and effort into my rankings. I looked back at my old rankings. We did this about four years ago. Obviously, Jordan and Alex were here. Melissa was not. And we didn't include the audience at the time. And I found that I actually feel differently about things uh, than I felt back then. Some things remain the same. Some things uh, are different. And I, I really felt like with 30 seasons... I had to find a way to quantify this to myself in a way that felt like, well, I just stuck this here and stuck this here, which, you know, there's a, there's a place for that and anybody can do what they want. But I had, a, I had to do it in a way where I quantified it and I gave everything a ranking and a score and added up the points. And that, that's what I got, Terrence. And that's what I put into when, when I submitted my rankings to you. That was, that was true to uh, whatever scores I got. And I can explain that as we go along what I was doing. All also, right. I didn't go back and watch that when I was doing my rankings because I didn't want that to affect my rankings. So oh, yeah. I am going in totally. Oh, I have fresh. no idea what you two yeah. did. Yeah. I don't know what these guys did pre- previously. I don't know what anything was. So I'm going in completely on my own, my own thoughts. And also, I kind of ranked in a weird way in some ways in that there were situations where there were some things I liked, some things I didn't like. And I also went by whether I enjoyed watching the season. So like maybe there was a situation where the season was a good, good winner or, you know, there was a lot of good gameplay, but I just didn't enjoy it. And that also affected my ranking. So it's not purely just what's the best strategy or what's the greatest way of playing or anything like that. It's based on my own opinion as to whether or not I enjoyed myself watching. Yes, that's a very important thing to note here is that this is uh, unlike some of the other lists that we tried to do, especially when we tried to rank players or rate players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at the very least, tried to be as objective as possible in a in a show where in a game where it's very, very difficult to find an objective truth. Uh, that is absolutely not what we are looking for with season rankings. This is purely subjective, completely mm-hmm. based on you, your own. Uh, criteria whether you decided uh, that you enjoyed it more or you had more fun or maybe even just you were in a uh, like a really great time period of your life and uh and it happened to coincide with a certain season there are any number of reasons you can like any one of these seasons and uh and that's my way of saying don't hate me when i have an opinion don't like you don't like (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like it (laughs) um the last time we did this was october 4th 2015 so wow yeah uh that's a a long time ago long time ago (laughs) um and uh i i i did not watch the thing back i don't even know what i ranked the the seasons back then and i'm almost entirely positive that that they're different this time um because i i think my preferences have changed and my memory has changed and going back and watching the seasons again has you know kind of uh changed my opinion of them as well so lots of lots of stuff to talk about there but uh as I mentioned before, we sent out a form. I sent it out on Twitter. Uh, I gave you a whole week to fill it out. So if you didn't, I'm sorry, but you've missed your chance. Um, it had every single North American season, including Big Brother U.S., 
including Big Brother Season 1, Big Brother Over the Top, Big Brother Celebrity, and Big Brother Canada. Now, we're going to focus on the U.S. seasons in this main podcast, and then we're going to do an addendum thing, uh, you know, to to add on to it. If you have watched the additional seasons, then you can watch that that, or listen to that additional podcast, and we will be placing those seasons within the master list of seasons um, so that, uh, that everything is properly ranked but most people have only watched the official u.s season so we're going to be sticking to those at first um and then uh and then that's that's what we're going to do brent that's what we're going to do uh, i will say just to explain to everybody uh, if you didn't read my twitter uh, i decided to give everything a score based on five criteria that i developed things that i were things that are important to me when watching a big brother season um, for me personally did it have an oh my god moment or a something that became a water cooler talk for anybody even in casual conversation is the winner satisfying uh are the were there great personalities or a compelling storyline uh, were there drama and fights? I'm always here for that. Uh, uh, how was the strategy and the through line? Could you see where the season was going? And did people have an idea of what the hell they were doing along the way? And finally, I did have one negative category. I had to quantify in a way, how do I take off for, you know, shit twists and rigging and things that we don't care for as fans or even just outright terrible behavior like what happened on Big Brother 15? Uh, and I gave them a negative uh, half point for that based on every instance. So some seasons got docked more than once. And uh, that's that's what happened. And there was I can tell you this, as I said on Twitter, there's only one season that got across the board in all five categories, did not have a twist along the way or something that was pissing me off. And I also gave an extra half a point if the winner was not only satisfying, but also great like was it a great winner somebody who i was personally me brent wagamont invested in and there's only one season that did that taryn so this was easy for me <laughs> well i i guess uh ranking your top season was easy but i can't yeah. imagine the rest was well, well i will tell you that there was a moment in time when i was like you know what i just want, i want to be cool i want to have fun like uh i'm feeling big brother 13 as the number one season <laughs> And then after I wrote everything down, I was like, ah, I can't do that. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I can tell you for for me, it's uh, I I largely factor in the result of the season because that really I I feel like it impacts how I remember the season quite a lot. Um, And then also, you know, how much I enjoyed the season going along, like how invested was I in the feeds and uh, what was happening? Um, And then, you know, how upset was I at various points in time? And was it a good upset or a bad upset? Uh, That's very, very important to distinguish. And also, like, how much did I like the players? How much does, uh, you know, how much did I just overall like it? And um, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out as we go along. Melissa, any specific criteria that you had? Uh, not particularly. I kind of wish I had some going into it after I saw Brent's kind of criteria list. I was like, ah, I should have well, done that. Listen, yours are just as valid as mine. Obviously. I'm just saying that I needed, look, I, I feel like I have to back up my opinions because I have opinions and I feel like yeah. I have to back them up in a way. So it really required me to put everything down on paper and no, yeah. to like say, okay, well, when people come for me on this, what am I going to tell them? You know, how am I going to how how am I going to show that I really like BBOTT and why it's higher in my rankings than maybe other people have it, for instance? No, it would have helped me a lot because there were situations where it was like I would rewatch a season season and then end up being like, yeah, thumbs up. I liked that season or like, oh, thumbs down. I didn't like that season. And then I would get to the list like time to write them all down. And I'd be like, wait, but 
I don't know which one I liked less or right. I don't know which one I liked more. And yeah. so it's hard to then kind of put it in an order after I kind of separated it out into like the, I liked these, I didn't like these seasons. And then it was like, but now what? So I wish I had a little bit more criteria set out initially when I was reviewing, but you know what? It's, I feel it's cool. like I'm, I'm satisfied with my list. I'm excited to see your top five myself. All right. So are you guys ready to, to get started? Yes, because we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I know what I did, but I don't know what Taryn or Melissa did. Uh, yeah. I'm sure and I have I'm no idea what the excited. audience did. I'm very excited to see what the audience did. Yes. All right. So uh, I can we can start off. We can get this one out of the way because uh, unanimously ranked the worst season of the show. We didn't even include it on the first Big Brother season rankings, but I decided I was being so inclusive of all the other ones. Uh, there was going to be one person that was like, hey, why didn't you put Big Brother 1 on the list? <laughs> and so I did. I put Big Brother season 1 on the list, and unanimously it got last place, Melissa. Yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense to me. I put it as last place as well, not because... I don't like it, but because it's not the same. It's not the the game. Um, it was great in its own right. It was groundbreaking television um, at the time. I remember watching it as it was on. Uh, it was family, like sit around the t- TV television, but there really wasn't anything to it. And there were too many episodes. It was just just a slog to get through sometimes. But we tuned in every, every uh, what was it? Every like, it was like five days a week at that point, I something think. Like that. Yeah, it was like five days a week. We tuned in every single time. So, you know, it did something and that that got the ball rolling and it really started this whole thing. So I, you got to give it credit where it's due. But at the same time, if you compare it to all the, the other seasons, it doesn't even compare. Yes. Uh, you know. the, the audience uh, pretty convincingly put it in last place um, with almost 60 percent of the audience saying I didn't even watch it. Uh, and I can say there was an option for I haven't watched this season in the audience rankings that did not factor into the overall placement. So it was the placement of the people that had seen it. Um, but I do have the statistics of the people who haven't seen each season. And uh, Big Brother US one is the most unwatched season, <laughs> the least watched <laughs> season. It also makes sense because if you didn't watch it when it aired, I don't think it's important to go back and watch yes. it. If you are now a current fan of Big Brother, I don't think it's important to, you know, oh, you got to know your history. So you got to go all the way back. I think if you want to go all the way back, you start at Big Brother too. And so I think it makes sense that people aren't really going back and watching it. Yes. Uh, somehow this random guy named Chicken George managed to make it onto All Stars. We don't know where he came from, um, but Big Brother <laughs> One is not canon. <laughs> It's not. Although I did like uh, Chicken George on All Stars, and uh, I I remember his campaign to get on All Stars, and that's what I think really won the producers over. Yes. All right. So let's uh, let's move yeah. forward. Let's get to the meat of the bone, Taryn. We all knew that Big Brother One was going to be last. What are you going to tell us? What is the real last place season of like Canon Big Brother? The real last place season of Canon Big Brother. Uh, let's see. I I think I think most people can guess it. It was a little bit of an experiment. Uh, it went a little bit crazy. And uh, unlike Big Brother Canada, it uh, failed to heat us up in the wintertime. It was uh, Big Brother 9. Um, Big Brother 9, uh, pre- pretty convincingly in second to last place, uh, but very far behind the next season of Big Brother US in the rankings. Brent, did you have any thoughts on Big Brother 9? 
Uh, Big Brother Nine for me was a, the, was honestly the lowest scoring season that I had besides Big Brother One. Um, it, there, there was no oh my god moment. There was no winner. There were no, the personalities were compelling. I didn't even care for the drama and the fights. It was mostly just bad behavior. I didn't see any real strategy. I, there was strategy being being had, but it, I never felt like it was consistent or that there was a method to the madness. And obviously, it got negative points for the duo's twist at the beginning and the completely asinine uh, point in time where they were going to bring Alex back, uh, who everybody was rooting for and everybody had invested in. That was what the fandom wanted, but they let the house guests vote on whether or not they wanted a mystery house guest to come back or they wanted uh, James, the guy that they had just evicted, come back. And so, of course, they are, they're always going to go with the devil you know, not the devil you don't. And that's why they asked James back and we were heartbroken. So we didn't even get what we want out of that stupid twist, Terrence. Yes, uh, Melissa. What what were your thoughts on season nine? Uh, I had this as uh, my second to last ranked season as well. I did as well. I was not a fan of Big Brother Nine when I watched it the first time. I thought everybody in the cast was unlikable. I did not have fun watching it, and that is really the reason why I've ranked it so low. Um, and I didn't even give it a second chance by rewatching it, just because I didn't care. And that's probably uh, the worst thing you could say about a season is that you don't care. You don't care about any of the people in it and you don't care to watch it. So uh, I just I was not a fan uh, at all. So oh, by the way, I will say that people in the chat are, are asking and I see a lot of people say this. They're like, isn't the winner of that season in jail? Adam Jasinski was the winner of Big Brother Night and he was in jail for a time for selling opiates, as I recall, painkillers. Uh, but he is out now and uh, I, I've heard that he has turned his life around. So, uh, you know, if, I, if you can check him out on Twitter, I'm sure he's out there somewhere. But I know that I've seen people say, hey, like, look at this guy. He really had it bad. And now he's now he's doing pretty good. So I think he's doing OK. When we talk about these, just like as a little thing, can we mention that it's there are 30 seasons and this is ranked out of 30? Because I was going to say that was my 29th ranked one, but I wasn't sure if we were going by like numbers. Well, and we that are would be excluding Canada. We're excluding Canada for now. Yes. For now. But, for now. but I can still say like we can just preface yeah. with it's out of oh, 30. Well. Well, that's what I'm going to preface with. Okay. It's out of 30. So when I say it's like a, a X ranked season, <laughs> then that means it's out of 30. And that, so you'll know whether it's in the top or the bottom. And that's just what I'm going to say about that. Cause I, I'm going to say it. All right. Guys. And I can tell you, uh, the, what, what the, uh, the survey site gives me for the results is a number, uh, for the, uh, the weighted, uh, average rank score, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, so the lower the number is, the the worst uh, the score is and it goes from one to 30 uh 30 being the highest ranking you can achieve one being the lowest big brother one had a one overall ranking because everybody ranked it last uh big brother nine has a 2.75 and that's in part because the audience did not have it second to last as brent and melissa did the audience had it third to last, uh, the audience actually liked one other season less than yeah, Big I Brother know what season that Nine. Is. And Taryn, the, the chat is asking, "How did you rank Big Brother Nine? Well, yes, that well, I will, I will finish with that. Oh. Uh, but also, I wanted to say that thirty percent of the audience has not even seen Big Brother Nine. That's one of the higher rate, uh, higher or lower <laughs> watched uh, <laughs> seasons of uh, of the U.S. show. So that's important to note as well. I think Big Brother One and Nine are often ones that uh, have. Are, are, are told you, you you tell people yeah you don't need to watch that one you don't need to watch that one yeah. um 
I was actually the highest on Big Brother 9 of everyone. Um, I actually had a couple of seasons above Big Brother 9 um, in terms of uh, the, you know, the Canada and the uh, not Canada, actually, but the the extra seasons. Um so uh, so I, I gave it a little bit extra stuff. I had it at 27. But in terms of U.S. seasons, it was my second to last. Uh, it was just above Big Brother one. So uh, I will say okay. I, I did enjoy it more than some of those other seasons. So I can say that much. Uh, I think that the worst part of Big Brother nine is that uh, is that the players were just really <laughs> Uh, hard to relate to, I think, is, yeah. is one. Oh, yeah. Um, growing up watching the show, I was always looking for people to relate to, and Big Brother 9 was like, what am I watching? Uh, like, Big Brother 9 was one of the first times in my life growing up as a child that I was like, oh, that's why people hate reality TV. <laughs> I it was get really it bad. now. It really was. Yeah. The, the people on there were just toxic. No, not all of them, I should say. There were some good people on there uh, and some people who I wouldn't mind seeing again. But I would say that when you have 40% of the cast that's pretty bad or toxic, uh, that's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously, the, the chat is keeps bringing this up, and I have to agree with them. The final four question. I mean, God, I, I know a little something about rigging, but that Big Brother... Uh, nine final four question about how many couples began in the house and oh, they included uh, the hamsters. That is the dumbest. An answer is just, and Sharon was effect- effectively penalized and booted out of the house because of that. Uh, otherwise, she would have won. A uh, girl, I, 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 what were they thinking? What was so, the, the way Julie ever. said it, the way Julie said it was like, well, you forgot about the hamsters. The hamsters have been there since. It's like, no, I didn't forget about the hamsters. I just They're not freaking people. You wouldn't talk about them as if they were like a couple. A sentient being. Oh my god. Dumbest thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's, it, it was really, it, I can also say like it, it was one of the seasons. There were a couple of times along the course of the show where I, I felt like, why am I watching? What, what am I doing with my life? Watching season eight, which I which, you know, we'll talk about later, but I did enjoy season eight. Uh, but it was very frustrating at a lot of points uh, going straight into season nine without a year break and then watching season nine and it being what it was. I was at the point where I was like, ah, do I, I don't know if I can keep this is too much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this. Uh, you know, I was still a kid. I was still, you know, I was I was it, it was a changing point in my life. And I almost dropped the show. Uh, it was that bad. It really was. And the format too, the pairing them off uh, has never worked, in my opinion. It has always been a very bad move for the show. It really hinders gameplay, in my opinion, uh, having them in pairs like that. So. Really, really rough stuff here. I hate I hate the pear thing. I don't like it. All right. So the next season here should not be super surprising. I don't think Uh, in third to last we have a very recent season. Um, it, it was a season that had a mixed cast. There was uh, a veteran amongst them. And uh, this this veteran uh, did pretty well pretty well came one vote away from winning uh it was big brother 19 big brother 19 third to last with a 4.5 uh overall score that's Um, what i had i had it as that ranked third to last 28 
There you and go. I, I had it ranked 27. Uh, there is a season amongst everything else that is below that, in my opinion. Uh, I did think that Big Brother 19 had a not only a satisfying winner, but a great winner. Somebody who I was personally invested in, so I gave him credit for that. But there was no oh my god moment. There really wasn't. Uh, there were the personalities. I did not feel like they were compelling. I felt like some of them were flat. And it did have the drama in the fight, so I gave it that. Uh, and the strategy, I felt like, was non-existent unless your name was Paul. Everybody thought that they were with Paul, and basically, were you right or were you wrong? So I didn't even give it credit for that. Uh, and uh, I also gave it a negative score for uh, putting Paul into the house. So I guess I kind of penalized it twice, but whatever. it's my rankings. I can do what I want. So yeah, there were so there were a few there were a few good personalities in the cast, but they were totally outshone by Paul and Paul. It was, it was the Paul show, and there was absolutely no strategy. Um, and the fighting and bullying was totally toxic. It was, you know, he, Paul had cultivated this atmosphere of like fear and cruelty. And it was just absolutely awful to watch. It like hurt me to watch it. It was that bad. And, you know, as much as we made fun of people on the outside, it didn't help the people who were being bullied on the inside. And so I, I really didn't like it. But we did get some good personalities out of it. I mean, we got Cody, we got Jessica. They went on to win the Amazing Race. We got we got Josh. We got Josh, who's now you know on the challenge and doing all great in other aspects. Great. We've got um, you know we we did have like an interesting dynamic when it came to Marlena. Um, I <laughs> we I liked you know we've got Kevin in there, um, Jason. Uh, there were some good elements to it that just got totally bulldozed by the Paul sphere. And, you know, it just it just was such a horrible season I really, to watch. I really feel like that this shares so many similarities with Survivor Redemption Island, except that at the end, Boston Rob didn't win this time. It was mm -hmm. uh, somebody who was controlling the entire game. Everything was through one person and one person only. Everyone else was just following along. And uh, I wouldn't say that there was bullying, but there was no good feelings. There was no fun on Redemption Island when I was watching it. Likewise, with Big Brother 19, I didn't have much fun. It was just constantly week after week of just waiting for whatever Paul decided. And I can't stand seasons like that. Uh, and it's kind of amazing to me that I didn't rank it third to last. But I guess among U.S. seasons, I did. But uh, overall, it was number 27 for me. Yes, uh, I can tell you that the audience, this was the season that was below season nine for the audience. Uh, it was a kind of a close vote. Um, for the audience score was a 10.26 for Big Brother 9 and a 10.07 for Big Brother 19. But Big Brother 19 was second to last amongst all North American seasons uh, for the audience. However, for me, once again... <laughs> A little bit higher on this season than most uh, most people here. I ranked season 19 number 22. Number 22. That's um, pretty high. Yes. I'm looking yeah. at everything that I have below 22. And there's not. Yeah, I could see why you would do that. Like, yeah. I see some that I've put below there that I think you are going to rank higher than I will. Oh, there you go. Uh, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love strategy. And, and there wasn't a ton of strategy from all of the players. 
But there was a lot of interesting strategy from one of the players, right? And that was Paul. And I always think back to But the, he didn't have to do anything. Well, he, uh, he was doing a lot. Uh, and I am not a Paul defender. Uh, I'm probably a lot lower on Paul than most people. But, uh, but he was definitely doing a lot during that season. Um, and I, I think back to the podcast we did, the psychology of, uh, of dictatorships that we did with John Krause. Um, and all of the, the interesting, you know, uh, like strategy and, and, and thoughts and, and, and debates and all of that stuff that, that came from that season. Uh, you know, people always point to like, Oh, the, the, the one legged, uh, woman won the foot race. Can you, what, what a terrible thing to have happen. But I'm like, yeah, the one legged woman won the foot race. That's insanely interesting to me. Why did that happen? Uh, that I would just like to uh, cut in really quickly and say that the chat has turned against Taryn and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, unsurprising, uh, we got our first uh, Brent uh, referring to the chat saying that they're on his side. Uh, we can uh, keep a counter of that throughout the podcast. Um, but yes, uh, I, and look, it was still very low on my list of seasons and most of the reason why it's number 22 above uh, a good you know seven or so other seasons is because a lot of those other seasons are different formats and such that I don't like as much. Uh, it was certainly one of the lower Big Brother US seasons in my list. I think it was uh, fourth or fifth to last in the US seasons for me. So only only a couple of extra seasons above Big Brother 19 for me. But uh, but I, I had to be the one to come on and defend the season because there was there was a lot to to I do think to enjoy about the season. Paul came in and okay. he talked to the cameras okay. and he explained what he was going to do for the rest of the season. And then we watched him execute it. Uh, there's something interesting about that to me. And so, uh, so that's why I have it as high as I do. Um, but uh, still, obviously not that, not that Karen, high. Pokemon has a question for you. If you were a casual, would you have liked it? So you, uh, you can appreciate it as Taryn Armstrong, the life feeder host of the LFC. Strategy. But if you were just a casual, like, you know, Jeff Probst, people on the street. Would you have liked Big Brother 19? Well, I mean, it's hard to put myself in that in that mindset. I mean, I can tell you that uh, me from before I started podcasting would have liked it probably even more. Um, me from before I even started watching live feeds probably would have liked it even more. Um, and I can tell you that if I tried to pretend that I was a regular casual viewer, I think I'd probably like it even more because oh uh, my God. I think that they those people did like the season for the most part. I think that it was pretty well rated. Uh, in terms of the viewers, so um, viewership, I mean, so uh, yeah, I mean, I th I think the if anything, the fact that I had to do daily morning updates about it uh, hindered my enjoyment, but um, but I, but it's st it still gave me something to uh, to think about, if not to always talk about. So, <laughs> all go. right, there you go, Pokey. I asked the question. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. Number four, fourth to last, fourth, fourth to, to last, last. Um, after Big Brother 19 is uh, kind of uh, one of the middle seasons here. Um, I don't know if you guys if you guys ever want to guess, feel free, uh, because that I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's 11. OK, Melissa, I'm going to guess it. This isn't what I put, but I'm going to guess it's 15. It's not what I put either. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Brent is correct. It's Big Brother 11. Uh, One of those middle seasons came after Big Brother 10, and uh, it had a returning player in Jesse, and uh, it had uh, Big Jeff. We got Russell. We got Kevin. We got uh, Natalie with a G. Um, We've got uh, (laughs) um, Jordan. Young season. Young season. Yes, it was. It was a very young season, and we lost a lot of people early on that uh, that maybe would have made it a little bit uh, better. We had uh, the Shima incident, of course, where after the coup d'état, which was part of the season basically disrupted the entire thing and sent Jesse home. Uh, Shima threw her microphone into the uh, the hot tub, I believe. And uh, then, you know, the, she was kicked from the game. And I think that uh, for me, this was uh, this was a pretty low season. In fact, it was below season 19 for me. It was uh, number 25 for me. Oh, it was number me. 25 for me, too. Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> meant to be um and and i can say that at the time i was i was uh i was i was a a big jeff fan i was kind of rooting for jeff and jordan um i did i i did appreciate what jesse was doing but uh i never really was like that into to him and i didn't like his allies that much and so i was I was conflicted about the coup d'etat and then seeing the results of it and how the season really kind of, uh, I don't know, for me, it it kind of sizzled out from there. You know, you did get some fights along the way, but it was very much just like, can Jeff and Jordan win their way to the end? Because strategically, it's just not working out for them. Um, So. I don't know. There's a lot to not like about the season, but uh, I don't know. What, What do you think, Melissa? Well, I just recently watched this season and I think I have a different view of it this time around. Um, Not that it's that much better or anything, but uh, I, I did not like this season on a rewatch. And I thought that Jordan, you know, Jeff and Jordan, they're always cute with their little like, Oh, Jordan says something that's dumb. And then Jeff kind of like does like a gym from the office and kind of mocks her for it. Um, And like then looks at the camera or whatever. And that's like cute and all. But the rest of it was just so terrible. It was just so awful. Okay, so this I noticed that this was the season approximately where Big Brother decided that their competitions are going to be about making the contestants look as dumb as possible. We started the season off with them in a wedgie competition. It was a wedgie head of household where they all got in a big giant underwear and then they wedgied them up. It was like so embarrassing and humiliating i i that is where that whole thing started where it's like let's make them look dumb let's make them fall let's make them do stupid stuff and wear dumb things that's where it i feel like that really took off and then we've got all these super unlikable people just yelling at each other day in and day out jordan and jeff got way into those fights i don't remember that happening when i watched it the first time around but jordan's like screaming at russell and running after Mm -hmm. him across the backyard and like confronting him up in his face and i am like whoa i don't remember this at all i always thought jeff and jordan like stayed out of the fights and weren't involved in the drama we had jesse brought back who i really didn't like from the previous season um when i watched it the first time around now watching it back i thought he was doing a really good job uh in the season and then was totally screwed by that coup d'etat twist, which was unfortunate because it would have been interesting to see him play and how he continued 
you know, to move forward. But then after Jesse gets out, it makes me hate everybody because they're all crying and like, like he died or something. It's like <laughs> oh, literally it like Cappy all over again. Oh, it and <laughs> it's like Natalie is just so annoying. And everyone in the cast is just so unlike, I mean, Lydia is like bawling her eyes out and everybody is just, just a total nightmare. It is not a good season. And I, you know, I ranked it as number five. Uh, I was happy that Jordan won, but I I don't think she played the best game and it just it just wasn't good. How how about this for a take? I I feel like Big Brother 11 is basically the same as Big Brother 19 except the coup d'etat came in and kicked Paul out halfway through the game because they gave it to uh to uh, to Cody and Cody kicks Paul out at, at halfway through the game with a coup d'etat and then the rest of the season plays out uh with them trying to make it to the end against the rest of the people who are crying about Paul. Uh mm-hmm. that's basically I feel like the season. I totally feel like that. Yeah. Uh, that's because absolutely right. that's, that's, that's take, how it was go- about to play out. It really was. Yeah. It really that's really great. I like hearing that. Uh, that makes me feel even better about uh, where I eventually placed it. Um, Big Brother 11 for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible season. Um, there were some things that worked against it. Uh, it did have the oh my god moment with the Chima expulsion. I mean, that was just talked about. Uh, even people who casually watched Big Brother looked at that. Um, it didn't have a satisfying winner, so I didn't give it points for that. Uh, but it did have everything else. There, I felt like the personalities, while young and immature, were certainly compelling. It had the drama and the fights and the strategy, the through line. I could see what was happening until the coup d'etat hit. And then I could see what else was happening. And I felt like people tried to... Basically, the the biggest threat was eliminated after some of Jesse's people were taken out. My favorite moment of Big Brother 11 is when they're playing the competition after... Chima was expelled and I think they substituted the veto what was going to be the veto competition for the HOH competition and they're wearing these golfing outfits and Lydia gets a little lippy with Jordan and Jeff's like take it easy Mrs. Roper because <laughs> she looks like that it was just great um, and obviously I gave a negative points for the coup to Jeff uh, overall I ranked season 11 uh, 1, 2, 3 uh, you ranked season 11 15th yeah yeah. there were five seasons below it for for u.s seasons and overall i ranked at number 21 yes so i had a little more love for it than you guys did yeah it just it just wasn't i mean we had people constantly yelling at each other and just being super mean like when they they'd pick someone to just like to to just isolate them like at one point it was ronnie at one point it's michelle at one point it was even russell like and russell was awful like everyone was just really bad and I didn't like anybody and even Jeff and Jordan who are like the you know golden couple coming out of that season they had their issues too and they would get in their fair share of fights so it wasn't like they were above it and I always remember in Big Brother 13 when Jordan is yelling at Shelly and Rachel pulls her into a room and says Jordan this isn't like you I'm like I watch yeah, her season. Yeah, it she's is. like her. Yeah, she can get up. She can get up in somebody's face if she's not not having it at the moment. Uh, I will say that it's criminal that Kevin, uh, who finished in third place on that season, is constantly overlooked in terms of all star material or someone who might be brought back on a future season. So I hope he ultimately does get his shot. It's a little bit boring at first and a little bit feeding into the background, but he was a great Big Brother player and I was rooting for him at the end. So Well, uh, he also did get Natalie to admit that she was lying about Pandora's box or whatever because she was like, yeah, I they told me I can't win the season and that votes are flipped and that like whoever gets the votes, if I'm in the final two, the votes will be flipped to the other person. And they're like, 
what? And no, but no one calls her out on it. And then eventually Kevin like sits her down and is like, Natalie, girl, like, tell me what is going on here. And then eventually she's like, I pranked you. And it was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I just couldn't even believe she got away with that. Yeah, well, I mean, something it, that but. we talked about during Big Brother 20 was uh, with JC and his proactive lying going out of his way to create lies, which is kind of rare in Big Brother. But Kevin was somebody that did that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, not not a whole lot, but his big famous move there. I think it was around Final Five uh, Operation. Uh, what was it? Lie to Jeff or something? Lie, like, yeah, basically target Russell. Uh, that's he wanted Jeff uh, to target yeah, that Russell. Was- pretty impressive Jeff was looking at kevin and kevin basically flat out lied to him uh, not only to affirm his own safety but also i think didn't he win the veto that week i, I can't i want to say he did i want to say kevin won the veto at final six and ultimately russell was targeted yeah they uh, made it up out of thin air they just said that yeah. russell we overheard russell saying he was going to flat out lie. He wasn't he was on their side and russell was like gonna work with jeff and jordan and it totally ruined russell yeah uh, so you gotta, you gotta watch out for that. Uh, another, right. another part Jeff about Big Brother 11 is that, uh, Jesse, while Jesse was the person to come back, there were other options for people to come back. Uh, one of which was Jessica from Big Brother 8, which would have been crazy. Uh, Brian Hart from season 10, which was the one I was really hoping would make it on. And, uh, and Cowboy from, yeah, uh, from season 5. That was just such a five. random group. Very random group of people. Brian as well at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we've seen as eclectic a group of uh, potential returning players uh, ever uh, in any season of any of these shows. Yeah, it was a reflection of the twist. It was like the popular crowd, the jocks, the outcasts, and I don't know, the pretty people, whatever the hell they were doing over there. Uh, it, they had to have somebody who represented each clique. I didn't even care for the cliques because I feel like that inhibited gameplay. People yeah, totally. were put put into groups with other people who they couldn't target, which just totally paralyzes gameplay. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it and I couldn't wait for it to end much like the battle of the block, which hurt other seasons on down the line. Yes. Uh, well, I can tell you that the audience was actually the highest of all of us on season 11. Higher uh, than me. Higher than even Brent. Uh, the audience ranked season 11, number 17 of 30 North American wow. seasons. So almost, almost right in the middle. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, I think that has to do with the fact that you're looking, it's one of the middle seasons, so you don't really remember it very well. And then you look at the winner and you're like, oh, this is Jeff and Jordan's season. Mm. Oh, okay. I remember that. That was a pretty good season. And that was what I initially did until I rewatched it and was like, why do I hate this season so much? Why is it such a slog to get through? And I think I would, if had I not rewatched, I would have ranked it a lot higher because I remember thinking about Jeff and Jordan and being like, oh yeah, Jeff and Jordan, they're great. and that I, I would have ranked it higher had I not rewatched. I mean, there's a reason uh, Big Jeff was so involved in the Big Brother press and uh, coming back for a season like Jeff and Jordan are probably still to this day two of the most popular Big Brother players of all time. Totally. Uh, and they came from this season. This is the season that, that birthed the legend of Jeff and Jordan. And uh, and I have to imagine that that comes into play here. And I, I, I even me, the strategy person, I I liked them on this season. They 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 got a little uh, aggressive at times, but uh, but they were adorable with the the way she talked and all of the. They were very good at portraying this couple in. Uh, 
in a very endearing light. Um, so. Yeah, but I, I agree with that. The thing that I think a lot of people are missing, it's not just Jeff and Jordan. The, the people in the chat agree with me on this. The feeds on 11 Two. were so great. They were so awesome. I, I felt like, I mean, yeah, I know not as good, not as good as we could have on some other seasons, but it was just great watching young people who really don't know what they're doing. And they have a little immaturity about how to play the game and they are just trying to figure it out the best they can along the way. Of course, the coup d'etat comes in and changes everything, but and then watching them pick up the pieces and the aftermath of that, ah, oh, it was just Fun stuff. And the Ronnie stuff at the start was... The Ronnie stuff was good, too. Crazy. I mean, I, 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 I was, like, amazed about some of that stuff and how the, he was, you know, the, the king of the house and then they were isolating him. And, yeah, I, uh, somebody else, too, I think, could be brought back on a fun season. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't watch feeds back then. So I can't speak on the feeds. So it's possible that I would have had a different view of the season had I watched feeds, but I didn't. Okay. Well... I can tell you that uh, we're going to move on. That was uh, that was number four, fourth from last. Um, fourth from last, yeah. yes, fourth yeah. from last, number four. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a big gap here with a lot of uh, other seasons, non regular seasons. But uh, after that big gap, we're going to get back to the U.S. seasons, and uh, we're going to have another pretty recent season in fifth to last. Fifth I to last. Uh, Melissa, what, what do you think? Well, I think it's Celebrity Big Brother 2. Well, we're, we're skipping the celebrities. Oh, we are. I thought yeah. we were doing celeb. I thought we no. were doing all U.S. No, just Does that uh, not count. Just all the regular U.S. seasons. So one through 20. That's all we're doing right now. Oh, then I think it's Big Brother 15. Okay. Uh, I cannot agree with that. I think it is. I think it's 16. I think mm. On this. Well, uh, you're both wrong. Oh. Both wrong. <laughs> um, more recent than that, actually. It was a season that we have, in fact, covered. It was another mixed season, and they brought back four players 18. for this season. Uh, season 18, Nicole ends up being the winner of season 18. It introduced us to Polly Califuri. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, season eighteen is going to be fifth to last. So, I don't stand by this. I don't that. support this. I thought well, Big Brother eighteen brought some good characters. I thought Big Brother eighteen. I mean, that's where we loved Paul and we loved Victor and we had, you know, all those returners. Like I felt like I don't know. I felt like it was entertaining. We had Davon back. We had I. I'm a little I'm a little surprised, to be honest, like I I didn't do a rewatch of this one, so it's not fresh in my mind. But from what I remember, this one was um, entertaining to me. So, I mean, we had crazy. (laughs) We had a totally different season for the first half versus the second half. Um, I mean, we had we had the whole meltdown of Polly. Uh, whereas we thought he was like running the house and then all of a sudden it flipped and it was so exciting. And we had Natalie going against him and the girls were starting to like realize what was going on and everything was happening. And I, I don't know. I'm a little surprised. I had big brother 18 as number 16 on my list. Yes. Melissa, you were, yeah, Overall. overall, Melissa was the highest on big brother 18 at number 16 overall. Um, I was next at, uh, I had it at number 18. 
for 18 uh, overall. And uh, I I was surprised. Uh, I am surprised to see that uh, because yeah. I've always felt like I have been an 18 defender uh, that I felt like at the time when we were watching it, the audience had been pretty down on it. I remember Brent being pretty down on it at times. Um, and I was kind of like, hey, guys, this isn't so bad. This is kind of enjoyable. And I do think that history has favored Big Brother 18. I feel like it's one yeah. of the seasons that uh, at the time people were pretty down on it but after the fact people have been like ah, it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad especially when season 19 comes right after it i feel like it really helps yeah. this is the legacy of big brother 18 but there was a lot of stuff to enjoy in big brother 18 at the start there was uh, all of that stuff the uh the the, the returning players you had the showman's alliance you had the uh the female alliance and all of that stuff um you had uh, Devon and Nicole getting into fights and you had Polly seeming like he was a likable dude. Um, and, uh, you know, Polly eventually coming to run the game. And then you had Polly's downfall and the fallout from that. You had the rise of Paul, the return of Victor multiple times. I can't say yeah. that was a positive, but um, I can say that uh, there was a lot to enjoy. And I, I am somebody that definitely appreciates Nicole's game, especially in the second half of the game. Uh, and, and honestly, the first half as well um and and i thought that she did a, a pretty good job and there was a moment there um it, i think at final six where she managed to play the two other couples against each other and then another moment post uh post poly eviction where she managed to turn uh natalie and james against uh, victor and paul so uh really good stuff by nicole and there was a lot to enjoy here but yeah for me just uh, about middle of the road in in terms of how much i enjoy a season but not bad i mean most of these seasons right. I, I liked yeah. and enjoyed so this um, is in the second half of my list like the bottom half of my list but at the same time it's not near the bottom like i don't i'm that's why i'm confused not because i love the season or anything but like i feel like this is like a mid-tier season and not a low season especially with some of the others well, that are on it had to be the, look, i'm just being real it had to be the audience because i ranked it overall at number 20 out of 30 and among u.s seasons i ranked it 14 uh, so I'm about where you guys are. Yeah, so what's the audience do? Uh, so yes, Brent had it at number 20 and the audience had it at number 21. Um, so uh, like I said, there was a big gap. There's a lot of like how many are in the gap. Uh, how many are in the gap? We got one, two, three, four, five, five seasons between uh, 11 so and 18. It goes 30, Big Brother 1, 29, Big Brother 9, 28, Big Brother 19, 27, Big Brother 11, and then a huge gap. Uh, no, there were there were two seasons in between 19 and 11. But uh, but yes, it, I mean, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So this was ranked 18th uh, of, of, of 30 um, in 18 and it's 18. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Um, uh, it actually might have been 19th uh, if I'm doing my <laughs> counting wrong. Such a shit show. <laughs> Starting from 30. Uh, so, I'm just trying to write it all out so I know. I yes. want the official list. <laughs> 
Um, so and don't don't worry. We, I, I will post all of the uh, the results and statistics uh, for you to see after the fact. Um, if you want to see the official, I will say this that I agree with Taryn that Big Brother eighteen to me is not a bad season. It's a good season. In fact, it scored high on my criteria. The problem is that. It, everything else around it also not around it like recent wise but uh, yeah, the other people that are ranked similarly uh all scored high like uh, even a bad big brother season can get some of these boxes i i felt like it did not have an oh my god moment there was nothing in big brother 18 that makes me remember this season you could talk about polly's downfall but that's really a feeder thing uh it's not something that you know people in the masses think of when they think, think of big brother 18 i did give it credit for having a satisfying winner in nicole not a great winner but a satisfying winner. And I did give it all of the other boxes. I did take off for Victor coming back three times because to me that did, that is a twist affecting uh, or a twist, a game affecting twist mm-hmm. that really makes Paul's bed for him. I mean, he allowing Victor to take the fall three separate times and get evicted instead of Paul uh, really was a boon for Paul's game. And I don't think otherwise he would have made it to the end. And then, you know, he did turn out to be a pretty fantastic player in 19 obviously having problems with endgame but still good i do think though that it was such a boon for him to have victor in the game to the point where i felt like it was hurting the integrity of the game coming back into the game three times i mean i i I can say that uh you know we've talked about the battle backs and returning players and how all almost all of the time they end up as failures not very popular with the audience um and i think that victor is probably the most celebrated returning player twist uh result of of almost any of them in terms of the overall result because he came back and he was actually able to succeed a little bit and get a little bit further in the game but what you have to remember is that without Victor coming back twice, you probably don't get Paul on season 19 and uh, the second to last it's all Victor's season. fault. Yeah, it's the Battleback's fault. Well, you know, another thing to think about with this season is how many of these players have gone on to do other things like gone on to other shows. I mean, you've got Nicole and Victor currently on The Amazing Race. You've got uh, Paul went on to do another big brother. You've got Jose and Day and uh, who uh, Polly and Natalie all doing the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So you've yep. got a ton of people. Corey like, on X on the Beach, right? Exactly. So so many of those people have gone on to do other shows and other things, and so you know that's that's got to you know mean something. I think. Yeah. So uh, so there also, you go. Also, Victor and Nicole are awesome on the Amazing Race. Let me just say. I did not like, I was not the hugest fan of Nicole during Big Brother 18. I really liked her during Big Brother 16, but Big Brother 18, I was not a fan of her. And maybe it has to do with her with Corey. I don't know. But uh, her and Victor together, like they got together and I was like, I don't see it. I don't get it. Like I, I didn't see any chemistry there. What's going on here? How did this happen? And not that I have like any right to judge, but whatever I did. Um, That's what we do, Melissa. We judge. Right, exactly. And then they were on, uh, they're currently on the amazing race and I love them on it. I like, don't want them to leave. I think they're so cute and fun and funny and great to watch together. So I get it. There you go. All right. Next up. Sixth to last which uh is i will start i will start doing this in a better way i apologize for uh the strange rankings here i thought it would be a little easier but it but it wasn't so i'm gonna i'm gonna say of the 20 official u.s seasons we are now at number 15 overall 
Number 15. Uh, Thank you. 20th, last place was season one. 19th was nine. 18th was season 19. 17th was season 11. 16th was season 18. And now number 15. We're at number 15 of 20 official Big Brother seasons. Uh, let's see. It's uh, in the uh, in the teens. It's one of the teen seasons. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's uh, Melissa thinks it's 15. I'm going to guess that for every single one until we, <laughs> as we move up. Because that should be way lower than some of these. Oh, no boy. offense. Brent, any guesses? I will, I will not guess this time. I don't want to give anything away. Okay, well, I can tell you that uh, this should not be surprising because um, excluding season one, almost all of these seasons in the bottom half uh, have one thing in common, and that is that uh, they are mixed seasons. Mixed seasons. And so at number 15 is going to be season 13. Season 13, uh, with the couples being brought back. You had Brendan and Rachel, uh, you had Jeff and Jordan, and you had Dick and Danielle, uh, along with, uh, you know, Cassie and Dom and, uh, all those great people. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was not a great season. Uh, to what there were just way too many twists, I felt. Uh, it just was twist after twist. And, you know, Brendan comes back, like Brendan gets out, then Brendan comes back. And, you know, you've got these various couples coming back, which I don't like. I don't like watching showmances on Big Brother at all. Um, and you, so you bring back these showmances and then it's like, of course, they're not going to go against each other because they're playing as duos. And then these other people are supposed to play as duos, but like they just met each other. So why do they have any reason to trust each other? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh you know, but I did like the redemption arc of Rachel. Um, and at the time, you know, in her first season, I wasn't a fan of her when I initially watched. And then now watch then when, when I initially watched Big Brother 13, I I started off the season not liking her. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, Rachel, get him. And I was happy uh, that she had won. But uh, it was just it was not a great show, a great show to watch. There was too much crying and fighting and uh you know just not not my favorite there weren't a lot of house guests on the uh who weren't returners who newbie house guests there weren't a lot that i enjoyed so that also certainly didn't help but uh yeah not great not great at all yeah uh we we actually had this debate i believe uh in our first season ranking podcast between myself and brent where i i think i might have had season 13 as uh one of my lowest rated seasons then and uh that has not particularly been changed uh here i had it quite low uh 26 overall um and uh not not in the best position for big brother 13 it was another one of the seasons where i just really felt disheartened by the show i felt like they brought back the pairs which i feel like is just a terrible twist it really what it does to the gameplay is just so atrocious and boring and then on top of that when you eliminated one from the pair you the other one was just safe and they were just chilling for 
weeks doing nothing uh not necessarily doing nothing but uh but not being vulnerable in the game and that really uh, really hurt the season in my opinion uh also you know, one of the most uh electric returning players in evil dick ends up uh walking from the game oh, before I was so basically sad when he even left. starts yes um so, uh, you know, our chance to see what Evil Dick could have done without America's player ends up, uh, you know, getting flushed down the toilet there. So uh, there's a lot to, to, for me at least, to dislike here. I will say, I think that my opinion of season 13 has somewhat improved over the, the last few years. Yeah, um, I will say, I looked it up. You ranked it third to last. You only had season one and season nine ranked below it. It was... Uh, and then you had 13 so you did not care for it originally. yeah so now we've gotten worse seasons after that and so now we can rank those lower I, I will say it's still third to last of, of 20 seasons um, so I did still have it at number uh, or this, it's not at number 18 overall okay. um, above 9 and 1 but that said, my opinion has gone up just a little bit, and part of that is from uh, my uh, my sort of ap- appreciation of of Rachel Riley as a, as a human and as a character over the years. Um, getting to talk to her myself, uh, she's a, a lovely person, and mm-hmm. uh, and watching her on the Amazing Race, uh, you know, I was when did the season air? Uh, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, I was still like sixteen when I was watching this. Uh, or no, not that man, not that uh, like eighteen or nineteen when I was watching this. I was a teenager. I was like, uh, just stop it. I don't want. I'm not about drama. I've got something to prove. I'm about strategy and um, you know all of that stuff. So uh, I, I didn't appreciate her as much back then, but I can say that I do enjoy her now. Um, that said, the season as a whole, there were just so many flaws here between the Paris twist, the mixed cast. Um, you had uh, the returning player in Brendan who came back and you know helped Rachel and then you had uh, toward the end with the Pandora's box which saves Rachel again there're just a lot of different things that really screw with this um the new players that were that were on the season, I do feel like some of them were interesting, like Dom, like uh, I I liked Cassie, um, you know. Uh, but you know, then you also have Luan, who yes was entertaining because of what he did, but uh, kind of characteristic of the level of competitiveness that we had on the season. Uh, the the new the new players were just not super competitive. <laughs> With, but with they were the entertaining, though. So I've, I've been quiet long enough. For those of you who don't know, I have a special affinity for Big Brother 13. I have it ranked fifth overall among U.S. shows, and I have it ranked seventh out of 30, counting all of Big Brother Canada. I think that it's actually a pretty amazing season. When you consider that a lot of my seasons are defined by the winner, and the winner of this season is spectacular, Rachel Riley. She was an absolute villain on her original season. No one liked her. And I remember when they said she was going to come back, I didn't even like her the first time around, but she came back and immediately I'm taken by how competitive she is. She hasn't changed. She's keeping it real. She's the same old girl she was before, but she has softened just enough for me to let the viewers in, I feel like. And I found myself rooting for her. And at the end, I'm going to get to the flaws, but at the end, when she wins and it's a four to three vote and the confetti is coming down and it's Rachel and America loves her and Brendan grabs her and in in his arms and it's like a fairy tale ending. And I was so here for it because I was rooting for Rachel along the way. I will say that as far as my categories go it scored 
perfect across the board. It had everything. It had the oh my god moment with Brendan coming back and Lawan's superpowers and being evicted that day with the wow, I can't believe that he just did that. It had a, not just a satisfying winner, but a great winner. The personalities were compelling. Kalia, Danielle, Jeff, Shelly, we had an older woman on the cast who's playing her ass off, probably made a move a week too soon. But on the other hand, if the Pandora's box twist doesn't come in, did she really make a move a one week too soon? Um, I did give it, and, and obviously I could see the strategy and the through line of the veterans who were there who were trying to play well. I did give it two negative uh, twist points for the duo's twist at the beginning and Pandora's box. People say that they rigged it for Rachel to win. I'm sorry, but she could have easily been evicted at final four uh, if Portia had wanted to, because Portia won the veto then and Rachel made sure that she didn't get evicted. Obviously Portia felt that she had a better chance against Rachel and that, that's why she evicted Jordan. But what I'm trying to say is that it wasn't necessarily rigged for her. It didn't look great, but it wasn't rigged for her. I love this season. I think there's a lot to like about it. Uh, and I really think when people say it's twist after twist, after twist, no, it wasn't. It was one. There was one twist. The the the, twi- the other twist twist that happened with Brendan coming back and Lawan being evicted, that was a twist of their own making. They should have evicted Rachel in that spot. She was on the freaking block. Danielle and her friends, Kalia, Lawan, decided to evict Lawan. Lawan voluntarily evicted himself. Where did that come from? That was not the producers. That was them. If they had evicted Rachel like they were supposed to do, then Rachel would have been up against Brendan in the final vote thingy in that competition, and only one of them would have came back into the house. So it's all their fault. I think think also when they were evicting Lawan, I think that the thought process was that the person who gets out will have the opportunity to come back in, not verse the other house guests who just got out. I, I'll tell you this. If Julie Chen ever comes on and I'm playing Big Brother and they say something like that, I'm not going to volunteer oh, into the unknown. No, of course not. They should have sent like, Rachel. That they thought that Rachel was going to go be mad at them and then get right back in the game. She whereas- was so mad at them. Like, I don't understand. Like, well, Daniel, like, yeah, okay, I don't I, want to relitigate at Big Brother 13, but I didn't understand <laughs> the people who were in charge of that vote doing what they did in trying to pacify Rachel because she's never going to go for that. Rachel, Rachel's not buying their bullshit. When Danielle voted to keep her, Rachel knew she still wanted to get rid of her. Ah. The one thing that I will say about this season is that everyone was there to play and everyone was playing and there was a lot of people there. I mean, maybe not everyone, but most of the people there. There was a decent <laughs> amount of people who were all ready and raring to play like Kalia and Portia and all these people that you might think like, oh, they don't really care. They're not really going to be there to play. They were there to play. It was and, great watching you know, Kalia play. I love right. And you've got all the returning players who obviously are there to play. And so I, I just feel like that in and of itself is already a step above Big Brother 19 or something like that, where it's like you have like two people who are there to play or three people who are there to play and everybody else just cares about their Instagram or whatever. And so I I think that that that's a key thing for me in these ratings as well was thinking like, did all the players come to play? Like, was it a competition or was it just like, we're just here to be on TV and then like whoever wins wins. Like that was something that I did like and enjoy about this season. So I will give it that. Well, see that that's that. I mean, that actually points to, again, one of my negatives, which is that uh, like uh, maybe they were there to play, but they were all in on that Lawan thing. Like Lawan is the one that pitched it. Lawan is the one that uh, that had the most repercussions from it. But they all agreed to it and they all like I, went along you know, with it. And that was like that's that's the level of gameplay that we were seeing. And like maybe, yeah, maybe they were there to play. But uh, what game I were they playing? In it. I saw the 
logic in it. Not the Luan. Everyone that's going to like say, I saw the logic in Luan's move. I didn't see the logic in Luan doing that and saying like, I'm going to come back with powers. Like I didn't, I don't see the logic in that, but I do see the logic of, you know, uh, Danny and Kalia being like, okay, this could be a good move because we can get Rachel on our side and then we can get, you know, Jordan out. Like we can work with Rachel. Like I thought this was their move, bringing, giving Rachel an olive branch and being like, look, we're going to get this guy out. But at the same time, thinking that Luan was going to come right back in the game. So then they make Rachel happy and they get Luan to stay in the game. I could see the logic behind it. Uh, I mean, it didn't work out that way, obviously. Uh, And if I was Luan, like I would definitely I would certainly not volunteer. But I I can see the logic behind it. So I don't think that these guys are just like terrible players or, or like these guys are morons or something like we're just watching morons, you know, compete. I do think that they had strategy behind it. And I think for the most part, they were playing good games. Yeah, we also had too. strategy behind his move that we'll talk about. <laughs> well, uh, some of the people in the chat are saying that Adam Polk was a vet enabler. I have to throw shade on that. That is certainly not true. I've actually talked to Adam about this and I can tell you what he wrote to me, which is certainly something that checks out. He says, what people forget is week one, I went in and played my game. Remember, I did not vote with the vets week one, despite them trying to recruit me. After week one, when I found out I was on my own, the name of the game was Numbers. So, like, uh, people that... He didn't start off that way, uh, trying to get with the vets. That was uh, Portia and I think Shelly who voted the week uh, with the vets the week one. And after that, the the book was written on who was going to control the season. Yeah, I, I don't know. For for me, like I think the Lawan thing really just does sell how I feel about the whole season, which is that a lot of people are very frustrated at seasons like season nineteen, like uh, like other seasons where there's one person who's forcing people to be really dumb and make really dumb moves, like the Howie move in season six or uh, the Jessica move in season nineteen, uh, where there's one person that's really just like gotten in there and and forced somebody to make this really massive error. But season thirteen was that without the influence season 13 was them just deciding amongst themselves nah let's not take out our enemy let's take out one of our own that's the best i guess move. i can appreciate the absurdity of it then. yeah like even bad I, I would rather have bad strategy than no strategy the people on 19 who have no strategy in my view who are just doing what somebody else tells them even if you're trying to do what you won't what you want to do yourself of your own volition even if it's wrong i will accept that and laugh at you and we can say like ah, look what you did uh, you know, but, but people who don't play the game at all and just want someone yeah. to hold their hand, I, I, I just can't with that. Totally. I, I mean, either way, I think that there is a connective tissue here between uh, seasons with very bad moves and, and lots of bad strategy, um, as well as mixed seasons uh, that uh, the audience and, and us don't particularly enjoy. So uh, there you go. Number that was number 15, I believe. Yes. Number 15. I did everything I could. Big Brother 13. Yes. Uh, <laughs> without Brent's influence. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, so uh, I can tell. Did I did I say the audiences? I don't think so. Uh, so. I ranked it. I ranked it fifth. Where did the audience rank it? I'm sorry. I ranked it fifth of U.S. seasons. I, we really should find a better way to say this. Sorry, I keep going back between 20 and 30. But uh, I ranked it seven overall. So where did the audience rank it? Um, yeah, so the audience had it at number 20 overall. Um, okay. It was ahead of one, two, three, four <laughs> seasons. So it was fifth to last. Um, okay. So, yeah, it was uh, number yeah, 16. I had it as 18 out of 30. The audience had it at number 16 overall. Um, and uh, I had it at uh, number 18. And uh, Brent, what 18? did you say, Ed? 
you had a number 18 overall out of uh, out of 20 sorry it's 16 out of uh is the audience had it 16 out of we're gonna do we're gonna do it out of 20 out of 20 okay. always from i now don't on. know what mine's out of 20 you're gonna have I to, well, you're I gonna have to read, write them out uh, <laughs> Melissa, you're gonna have to write them out out of twenty. Um, I have it out of, so, out of tw- so we're just gonna talk out of twenty. Out, out of 20. twenty, I ranked it number five out of twenty. Number five out of twenty yes, from Brent. I did. Yes, I did. I had it at number eighteen. The audience had it at number sixteen. Um, and uh, I'm gonna guess Melissa had it at uh, seventeen. Sounds, sounds about right. I had it at thirteen. Whoa, out of twenty. Okay, thirteen out of twenty. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Oh, well, see, you were helping me then keep the average up a little bit. Thank God. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next up, number 14 out of 20 seasons overall. Uh, Any, any, this is another, another one in the teens. Another one in the teens. Uh, The the teens have some low seasons. Has to be 16. Has to be. Melissa says 15. Brent says Nope. 16. I don't, I don't think it's 15. Um, like 15. Point goes to Melissa. Woo-hoo! Number Finally, 15. I, we, I stop guessing this one. <laughs> uh, number 15. Honestly, I, uh, I, this is low for me. Um, I, uh, I had number season 15 at number eight, uh, out of 20. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, a, a lot of a lot of parts of 15. I think it's an underrated season in terms of the actual gameplay. Um, there's definitely a lot that was uncomfortable and honestly without that stuff, without the very terrible uh, stuff uh, in Big Brother 15 that started to make them you know, have disclaimers on the feeds and the episodes uh, I, it might even be higher, um, but that does impact my rating. Like uh, 15 is probably like a top 5 season for me uh, uh, in terms of the actual strategy and the winner um, and 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 what Andy managed to accomplish. Um, but the controversy over the season did Im- impact my enjoyment of it. It, 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 it. Especially the first half of the season was really ugly and it was really just like, ah, oh, like it, 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 it made me less excited for the season. And I, I feel like season 15 is one that on a rewatch is better because you're not in the moment and a lot of the worst stuff is kind of like cut out of the show. And so you get all of the good stuff without the bad, but I can't forget the bad. Um, so for me, uh, it's, it's a low eight um although that is still uh significantly higher than where some other people seem to have placed 15 so uh melissa you've been expecting 15 for a while uh yeah. what are your thoughts here well because i ranked it 17 out of 20 um i cannot get past the horribleness of that season and you know, as much as I really like Andy and as much as I respect his game and his strategy and I love him on Twitter, I I just found almost everybody in that season to be completely unlikable, to be completely unrootable. I had nobody to root for. Um, everybody was so cruel and mean to one person or another, and it wasn't about the game. It was just meanness. And I cannot, I can't, I can't, I couldn't watch it. It was too painful and I can't get past that. Uh, nobody in the cast, I mean, there were some watching feed clips now on it. Uh, there are some really funny moments between like Spencer and Andy, and they seem to be like really fun and funny, but I just, I can't. I can't get past the just the viciousness and the unneeded cruelty of that season that I can't I can't rate it for 
the gameplay that I should be rating it for. So I, I just can't. Yeah, uh, overall, I ranked season 15 as my 13th best season out of 20. Uh, and as far as my scoring goes, I did give it credit for the uh, oh my God moment. Uh, although I'm forgetting what that oh my God moment is. <laughs> the double eviction? Uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry, 15. No, no, I do, I do not give it credit for the oh my God moment. Sorry, I was, look, I was looking at 13. I said 13, and then I went to season 13. Um, I, for season 15, uh, it didn't have an oh my God moment, but it had everything else for me. It had not just a satisfying winner, but it had a great winner. I thought the personalities, while unlikable at times, they were compelling. It certainly had the drama and the fights, and it also had the strategy along the way. Obviously, I gave it two dockings for the uh, MVP twist at the beginning, which I felt like was handled haphazardly uh, when you're going to introduce someone like Alyssa who has a following because of her sister and uh, then switching it in midstream because, oh, I didn't anticipate that she's going to keep winning it every time. And obviously the outright racism. I didn't feel good as a white person saying, oh, well, I like that season if you just ignore the racism because it's not really my place to say, well, if you just ignore the racism. <laughs> I did ask Amon Adwin, uh, who is uh, somebody who comes on our show quite a bit and is one of the live feed updaters in the mornings occasionally with Taryn. And he did say this to me because I asked him uh, about it. Uh, Amon, I, I, I hope you're okay with me sharing this. I, I, I assume you are because <laughs> hey, it's nothing, it's nothing, you know, bad. Uh, he said the Big Brother 15 is the first season I ever watched. So well, it will always be perceived as canical, Big Brother, to me. That being said, the racism didn't surprise me because, uh, bitch, I'm black and have experienced that shit in real life. So I was like par for the course. However, looking back on it now, I'm even with a more mindful eye. I dislike it even more. He said, since the strategy is some of the best I've ever seen, but I cannot divorce it from Aaron's, what you going to do, girl? Uh, Gina Marie's, you want the black to come out now. And Amanda's, Oh, that's the Shaniqua coming out of her uh, or Aaron's trash comments about Helen and Andy. Uh, and Amon, I totally agree with you. It is something that is, this is one of those seasons that for me was hard to quantify because I really wanted to give it more uh, negative points for the unlikableness of the, of the cast, but they weren't compelling to me. And I tried to balance it as best I could. And overall I ran, I ended up with a score of, 13th place out of 20. Yes. Uh, all, all very valid points. And again, it's, it's why uh, it's, it's even lower uh, in my rankings. It's, it's not something that you can just forget about. You can't. Uh, it was, it was very, uh, very nasty. And it, it really did sour, I think, uh, the legacy of what otherwise could have been an amazing season. Um, it talked about really, that, that double eviction, uh, where really Andy nice. orchestrates the, uh, to, to evict Amanda from the house and blame it on Alyssa, the one person trying to work with Amanda and then gets McRae to take out Alyssa in the double eviction. It's a, a work of art. It's beautiful. It really uh, is. That, that's what I had written down as my oh my god moment, and then I erased it because I attribute that more to Andy's brilliance, not just overall. You know, something that was a uh, a result of the season as a whole. Uh, so that double eviction will live in infamy for me. But that was solely Andy's doing, not necessarily the seasons. And uh, I I agree that it's just not something that 
overall I can divorce myself from, but having watched some of the, some of the people who I consider to be good people on there. Uh, and there are some other people who are people who said some things they probably shouldn't have said and wish that they hadn't. I will say this too, that because people in the chat are asking about this. Well, what about this season? Or what about this? Who said this on this season? This became a season defining thing for Big Brother 15 to the point where they now put disclaimers, as Tara noted at the beginning of the show. They talked about it on Julie Chen's talk show. It, that had never happened before, to my mind. Something that was in the feeders conversation that got brought to the outside world. People on CNN were talking about Big Brother. So, yes, other stuff has happened on other seasons. And we can talk about that. But Big Brother 15, the defining thing you think about it is the abject racism that happened mm-hmm. on that season. And I cannot get past it. Yes. Yeah. And and, you know, another thing I do want to say, though, is it sucks that that's like the legacy, because I would love to see Andy come back and play again. I, I really can appreciate his gameplay. And I think he's one of the great winners. Um, and it, it sucks because I really would like to see him play again and see if he can pull it off again. Uh and I don't know if we'll ever get that, which is nah. unfortunate. Judging well, we, by we his should. Twitter, I would say no. <laughs> we should. Uh, Aman in the chat says, a great chess game with really shitty pieces. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to say it, Aman. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, another thing to point out in my view as well is I feel like the MVP twist was uh, was a big failure. Um, it really I, was. I think that, uh, you know, you, you basically ended up with the same person on the block over and over and over. Uh, it allowed one group to control the game for half the season. And uh, I, it really, uh, you know, I, I mean, take the first half of Big Brother 15 by itself and I think it's bottom tier easily like one of the worst seasons it's only the incredible gameplay of the second half of the season that uh, that really kicks it into any sort of higher gear it really took off after the first double eviction there were two double evictions on that season and the first one was the first time I've ever been outright floored over something that happened when Aaron won HOH and took Jesse off the block and targeted Judd out of nowhere. Someone who I thought was totally safe. I think my feed watching was a little bit easy at the time. I had no idea that that was a coming down the pipeline and that was breathtaking to watch to the point where I'm like, oh my God, did you just see that? And then of course the next double eviction comes and it's like, oh my God, did you just see that? So there was great gameplay that was happening on the season. I wish there, that the racism had not been there. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, all right. Let's move on from 15. Uh, next, next up, or sorry, no, the audience, the audience ranked uh, season 15 at number 13 of 20. Uh, so right there with Brent. Melissa, what Yay. was it again? The audience loves me. 17. So the, Melissa was the <laughs> lowest of everyone. Um, were you were you watching feeds yet at the time? No. Okay. Interesting to know. Feeds were I mean, I was watching I was looking at Jokers, but right. I wasn't watching mm-hmm. the feed. Yeah. So for like the for a while there in like those middle seasons, I was reading Jokers updates and like, you know, announcing them to my family. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> uh, but then I didn't actually start watching feeds like till Big Brother sixteen. There you go. Uh, Reality reacts in the chat says uh, if if the, if the stock watch had existed during Big Brother 15, Judd would have tanked the market, which, uh, yeah, I think he would have. People were very high on Judd. Um, and then it all went, it all went down. Uh, tears, <laughs> everything. Um, all right. 
Let's move on to number 13 of 20 Big Brother U.S. seasons. Uh, it's yet another more recent season. It's in the teens. Um, this one, however, the first uh, or not. Sorry, the, the you know, we've gone through basically almost all of the mixed seasons at this point. Um, there's only one mixed season that has is unaccounted for. Uh, and we'll we'll get to that one eventually. But uh, no more mixed seasons. They're all down at the bottom except for one. And um, uh, we've got one here. Uh, any any guesses? Mm. Uh, oh gosh that's a no that's a no (laughs) no guesses i don't know brent if you had guessed you probably would have guessed right because you had it right last time it's big brother 16 big brother 16 um uh let's see i'll i'll kick this one off because i probably have this the highest of i'm shocked anyone (laughs) really Um, i feel like i have the highest oh maybe there you you go i forgot melissa was a big brother 16 uh like look at that that's that's how it got this high um (laughs) all right well i had big brother 16 at number seven of 20 uh you're a little higher than oh there you go i did it (laughs) you had had it at seven seven that's amazing i I was at 10 I had it at 17. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So Terrence plus mine equals yours. (laughs) So uh, very divisive season in the LFC. Uh, This was the season that was dominated by Derek Levasseur. Uh, It was uh, made less interesting by Battle of the Block, I would say. But uh, but Derek and Cody, the hitmen, managed to uh, put their stamp on this season and just dominate their way to the end of the game. Derek, the undercover cop who kept his identity a secret all season long, despite the best efforts of uh, the microphone, uh, megaphone people and and, and all of those things trying to expose that Derek was a cop. Um, And so uh, this season had Frankie Grande. It had Zach Rance. It had Beast Mode Cowboy Caleb. Uh, It had the first Calafiore brother, uh, Cody. And it had uh, our, our our lovable uh, guy Donnie on the season, uh, the you know ex marine, of course, um, that everyone knows he used to be in the army, um, which is I know different than uh, the marines, but still. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for me. What I enjoyed about this season was the feeds, which maybe yeah. people maybe people are, are uh, Melissa's with me. I loved watching this cast um Mm -hmm. i enjoyed frankie until he got annoying like a couple of weeks in um and i loved watching what Derek was able to do in this season it started week two when zach was on the block and frankie was trying to get him out and i was like what are you doing frankie what happened to zanky um and (laughs) frankie would go and he'd campaign to get zach to go home to get people to vote Zach out and he would be successful because he was a very social and liked player and he had a lot of strategic agency and then Derek would walk in after Frankie left to the same room he talked to the same people right after and he'd be like so what are you guys thinking and then five minutes later they would be like actually we were thinking of keeping Zach and he'd be like hmm that's a good idea I think 
I think I agree with you on that one. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? Yeah. Uh, and from that moment forward, I just loved watching what he did. And part of what made it enjoyable for me is that he had a sidekick. Um, this was more enjoyable than season 19, A, because it was less gross, um, and B, because he was working with one other person in Cody, and he told Cody everything. They talked, they debriefed each other every single night. Every single morning, they came up with a game plan. They executed their game plan. They talked about everything that they were doing. And it was so much fun for me to watch as somebody that enjoys the strategy. Um, so uh, that's that's all of the good things. There are some negatives to the season, but uh, I'll pass it on to Melissa here if she has anything else to add. Yeah, I mean, I this was, to be fair, maybe I'm a little biased because this was my first season watching feeds, but... I loved watching the feeds. I really enjoyed the cast. Um, you know, I they were a cast that at the time I feel like I was about the age of the everyone in the house or not everyone in the house, but the majority of the house guests. Now I'm like way older, but at the time I felt like I was that age and I was I was like, I want to hang out with these people. And I watched the feeds. I felt like they were my friends. And like, it sounds bizarre, but like, I felt like I was hanging out with them. They would just, that was like one of the only seasons where I really enjoyed just watching them tell stories and talk and joke around. Now I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. Like, let's get onto the strategy. But at the time I felt like they were fun people who I wanted to be around. I wanted to listen to them. Frankie was so funny. Um, until I realized that like his shtick was very like one note and he just did the same thing over and over. Yeah, it was but good in the for like a week. Yeah, for the first week it was hilarious. Like everything he did I thought was so great and funny. And and Zach, I mean, he went from this person who I hated preseason to this lovable guy by the end. And I just was I cried when he was evicted. That's how like into it I was. I have not cried since. I have not cried before. That is the only time I cried during an eviction. When who was evicted? Zach. Zach Rance. Wow. Zach Rance. I was so devastated because he was so fun to watch on the feeds. I mean, remember people would go into the comments and be like, Zach's awake. And then you'd know to turn on the feeds. Like that was like he was excitement. Um, you never yeah, knew what you were all day. get. Well, exactly, but you never knew what you're gonna get. And and then you have Derek, who like he was so good. He was so good. And I thought he was so nice too. Like, I mean, who knows what's gone on postseason, whatever, like rumors, whatever, but I loved him. I thought that he was this good guy, and he never did anything. He never was cruel to people throughout the season. And I felt like that's something I can get behind. Um, uh, Taryn's like tilting his head, like maybe, uh, he maybe very nice, what? Victoria. Well, yes, but she still she loved him. Like maybe it was this weird relationship, but like I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of more recent seasons, or at least like Paul, like when we were like, oh, is he playing a Derek game? Like he was mean to people. He actively had people bully other people, and I feel like Derek would always, as boring as it was, he'd like calm the fights. Like if anyone ever, like especially Cody, was like, oh, I'm going to confront them. I'm going to confront them. He'd be like whoa, whoa, we're not going to confront anyone. Like, let's just talk it out. And he'd like calm everything down. And he was amazing the way he was able to work because I knew that like, if there was a result coming up for an eviction that I didn't want to happen, I was like, we just need to get Derek involved. We just need to get Derek involved. Like when Zach was about to go out the door and I didn't want him going out the door, I was like, we need to get Derek involved. And then Derek would come flip it all around. You know, I I just love that season. it was great. It, I, it sucked that there weren't many people going against Derek, but still, I loved it. 
Yes. Um, and I know that there there was uh, a lot of opposition to Derek um, from uh, the podcast that none of us were a part of at the time. Um, and uh, I was very frustrated listening to this podcast at the time. That's how I got my job. <laughs> yeah. I wrote Rob and I'm like, look, this guy you got like doing the life feeds for you right now. He's just like ranting and he won't leave the guy alone. And I was like, oh, my God, I was looking into my future at the yeah. time. Mm. <laughs> like, that's me. No, I, I honestly, I, I, this was also the first season that I watched Rob has a podcast. So I think that also like, brought say, you, yeah. you yes. know, love it so I, much. Chad is with me on this. I think that Derek has missed <laughs> you as well, Melissa, uh, because uh, Derek to me was somebody who, first of all, he did two things that I hated. He stopped the fight. You're correct. He was like, no, 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 we're not going to go confront. But the reason he didn't want that was because he was, controlling everything and he knew the fights are going to make people say things that maybe they shouldn't say and then things are going to come out he doesn't want that to, re- to be revealed so he wasn't great for feeds Derek was terrible for feeds he always no, yeah like, if you want a good feeds man then in the drama like they didn't score anything in the drama and fights territory because Derek is always there the only time he got his hair ruffled was when Donnie was going to nominate him and uh, and then Zach also revealed something that he shouldn't and he said something about Zach like you know you ever take what do you say, Taryn? Something about taking money out of my baby's mouth. Taking money out of my daughter's mouth. Or no, yeah. he's taking food out of my daughter's mouth. That was, uh, yeah, that was the favorite. Like, a little, a little much. You know, that's when um, Brian Lynch went off the deep end. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I will say that uh, Big Brother 16 overall, he didn't have an oh my God moment. And the thing that uh, really pissed me off about it the most, it, even though it did have a winner who was a great winner, I gave Derek credit as a satisfying winner and not just that, a great winner of the game. The personalities on it definitely were compelling and I could see the strategy all the way through. There were no drama and fights. There, I, I think if I looked down my entire entire list one two there are only two seasons out of 30 that did not get credit for drama and fights and you can say oh well that's great but no no it's not great it made it really really boring to me and also the battle of the block twist it needs oh yeah that That was awful that totally stifled gameplay to the point where i felt like watching the season didn't even matter didn't even matter who won hoh anymore because Mm -hmm. of that stupid battle of the block twist i didn't even I couldn't believe that after the double eviction came, when we all thought it was going to go away, that they brought it back. Julie said, oh, the, the Battle of the Bach twist is out. And I'm like, yay! And then it's like, for one night only. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> and, and I feel like in order for a season to really have some momentum, you have to have a... And that's the reason people love Big Brother, is that you could be 14 to 2 in terms of you know whose side you're on. But if one of those two people wins HOH, Somebody from your side is going home. Battle of the Block made that totally impossible. It paralyzed gameplay to the point that I couldn't enjoy it anymore. That's why I gave it such a low score. I mean, overall, I ranked it 26 out of 30. But as far as U.S. seasons go, fourth from last, I gave it 17. So another thing that I wanted to say is that there were a lot of really great moments that that season brought us. I mean, we had the Zach in the diary room crying moment and the him with Frankie fight uh, when Caleb sits down and then Frankie has to do it all by himself. Um, we had... What See, that just pissed there? me off because well, I wanted yeah, Frankie that pissed, out. Oh, that was yeah, drama, totally. though. That was but a I fight. That's the thing is that the, there was also like the Frankie arc, which I thought was like... And now looking back on it, I think it's fascinating. At the time, I was furious. But at now looking back on it, you know, you have this guy who everyone loved in the beginning. Like, I loved him. I thought he was so funny and fun to watch on the feeds. Then he, you know, has this zanky showmance. And you're like, oh, what's going on here? Is this the first, you know, like, 
you know, gay showmance and Big Brother history. What's going on? This is exciting. Then he turns on Zach for no reason whatsoever when Zach would have been loyal to him to the end. You see, I'm so bitter about it. Um, and then, you know, I was pissed and then they get in a fight and it's like, Frankie then reveals that he Ariana Grande's his sister and you have that social media mogul thing. I mean, there are so many quotable, crazy, fun moments from the season. And I just feel like those it's important to think about those moments. Um, I think about those moments, but there are also some negative moments to me. This is the first season where I really felt like somebody was playing the gay card in Frankie. Uh, It's uh, this happens occasionally with gay people where uh, Frankie was on the show and I, he, I felt like he was doing things that if he had been a woman or if he had been a straight man, he would not have been able to get away with like grabbing people and touching them and, and doing some of the things that he did with some of the guys in there. I felt like some of the people didn't object in that house because they were on camera and they didn't want to be called homophobic by the fans on Twitter. That's how I read the situation. I called it that way at the time. And I still feel that way. That some of the things he did in the house, I felt like weren't really kosher to me. And I felt like he was getting away with it because he was gay. And also, like, there have been other people since then who that has happened to. JC, one of them from last season, who did some things. Thankfully, was called out on on Twitter. But I do feel like that people who are gay, guys specifically, can get away with some things more sometimes in reality television because they don't people who are on the receiving end of that behavior do not want to be called homophobic by the people who are watching on social media when they're not homophobic. They're just human. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, there was also there was also the Caleb situation with Amber that was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't. Even, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also had Devin. We had Devin. Devin you was good. Forget Devin. Devin Amazing. was good. Um, and really, I feel like the cast was was I really give credit good. for the cast, the personalities. Yeah. I mean, you had Donnie, you had Derek, uh, you have Nicole. a lot of people like Nicole who has returned a few times. And I know people aren't the biggest fan uh, of Nicole, but she's now, you know, on the amazing race. She's doing lots of things and, and lots won. of people are finding her very people enjoyable. like her. Uh, she did come back to win. Um, you have beast mode cowboy who has been on a bunch of reality shows now. Yes. Is now on, uh, has been on survivor, survivor twice. Um, it's, I mean, really, I mean, Frankie himself was, uh, love him or hate him he you have an opinion on frankie grande um the, it was it was a very memorable cast in a lot of different ways victoria is like the quintessential goat archetype at this point the, the delusional also, goat um, i agree about victoria by crows she was she was interesting to watch as a goat person who wasn't eventually taken to the end which of course annoys me to no end uh the other thing that i was going to talk about uh which totally just went out of my head sorry i keep going Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> I had something I wanted to say. Oh, I remember Christine, the villainization of Christine as a mm. woman in the house. That pissed me off more than anything. I also I give it a negative point for that because the, the, the behavior of fans influenced how I was perceiving the season. I felt like, like I should hate Christine. She's a bad person. But in reality, she wasn't like she was fine. I really think that people were so freaking hard on her. And uh, like, I remember the booing she got when she came out. Well, see, I think the thing was, is that from my recollection, the plan was that people wanted to really, really boo Frankie. So he knew how much people were pissed at him. Uh, And so they were also going to boo Christine because they were pissed at her. But then when Frankie was evicted, it was in the close to the public uh, eviction. So no one got to vote for him. So instead he gets these golf claps. And so it looks like, 
Christine is, oh, you know, she gets food. She's the only one. It's terrible. Like it's it was intended for other people. Like people were pissed. I'm not saying that that's like a good thing. I'm just saying that like it ended up looking a lot worse than it should have because it made Christine look like the only person who got booed when I don't think she's the only person who needed to be booed or whatever. Like, I don't think that she is the problem. I felt, I felt bad for her. I mean, I don't think, I don't know. The booing started in 15, right? Uh, yeah. with, with everything with happening there. Yeah. And then it carried into 16. And then it's after. Like that's the thing to do. Yeah. And I believe after it happened in 16, they, they put an end to it. Um, yeah. And it did not happen again in 17. Uh, for, for, for good reason. Um, and yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I've always been on record. Like the way that Christine was treated uh, on that season was extremely uncalled for. Um, Awful. Like she uh, would basically be cuddling with with Cody and people are like oh because they and this is, this is you know this is me armchair psychologist here but in my opinion because they were frustrated with her in the game that she was uh mm-hmm. being um Somebody right. that was letting Cody and Derek run the game and, and, and helping them. Yeah. Uh, they were very frustrated about that. And they, so they were taking it out on her in any way they could. And we saw some of this with uh, what we just saw in Big Brother, uh, Big Brother Canada when um, uh, there was a player on that season who was the puppet of another player in the house who was married. And they were like, oh, look, at she, she's in love with him. That's why. Like, let's let's all trash this person and her marriage. Um, and it's it's definitely something that I feel like she shouldn't happen and uh really in my opinion the fault of the audience much more than uh, than the season itself totally totally yeah um so uh so that was big brother 16 i had it at seven melissa at 10 brent at 17 and the audience had it at number 15 of 20 so the audience close to uh, closer to brent than uh than my melissa or myself but it's going to land at uh at number 14 over, or sorry 13 overall um so let's move on to number 12 Number 12 of 20. Really, really speeding through these. Um, (laughs) Aren't you glad we didn't do all 30? Uh, So here we go. Uh, Number 12. Uh, We're finally in a early season. First half, not not in the teens anymore. Um, So this is uh, apart from season nine, which I don't think really counts or season one, which I don't think really counts either. This is the first kind of classic season to fall on the list. A lot of these classic seasons seem to be ranked uh, more toward the middle or upper half of the rankings here. Uh, Any guesses? We've got we got some guesses in the chat. Um, I think it's Big Brother five. Melissa thinks it's Big Brother five. Well, it can't be Big Brother five because, well, reasons. (laughs) <laughs> oh my oh my well uh it's not big brother five uh there are some people in the chat here that are correct it was big brother four big brother four the least popular of the early seasons um and i can say for myself that that is also true i had big brother four pretty low on my rankings i had big brother four at number 15 overall um you know, Big Brother 4 is a season that I didn't like at the time. 
Uh, it was the see the the twist of the season was the well the X Factor they called it, mm-hmm. um, where they brought on uh, people's exes, and this was very trashy to me. Yeah. Uh, this whole concept. and I feel like also if they're gonna do it, they should do it for everybody, not have yes. like just a couple exes come back. Yeah, it was not not my favorite concept. Uh, it really just introduced a lot of like weird drama. Like it, I don't know. I mean, maybe this works for other shows, but to have a bunch of people that just have a a lot of history and they're referring to things that didn't like happen on the show, like, oh, that time that you screwed me over here or whatever. Like, I don't like I don't know what happened. Like, though, what I love about Big Brother is that I see everything that happens right from when they come on. And I know them and I know what their interactions are, know what their relationships are. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I mean, some people like Jack in the chat say feeds were amazing. But for me, and granted, I wasn't watching feeds at the time, um, but uh, but the the it just it wasn't interesting even to see the uh like the fights on the show or uh or anything like that um so i i don't know i have come to appreciate june and and, and i was always an allison fan as well um and uh, i love that uh that those two women along with erica just completely dominated the field i mean what allison did to to nathan was uh was just delicious um, even at the time, it's my favorite part of the season. Um, but, uh, but there, even, even with that, there's just so, there's so much nastiness and like the, I, when I was going through bitterest juries, uh, big brother four was, was up there because they were mad as hell and they were not going to take it anymore. Um, so there was a lot of ugliness in the season as well. So not, not my favorite, even though June is, uh, up there in terms of one of my favorite winners. Yeah, I think that's the thing is you have to give respect to, you know, June and Allison and the fact that basically the floating strategy was devised during this season. Um, You know, and I love the fact that these two women who were so against each other just like realized they had to come together to make it to the end. And I think that that's such a fun storyline. But I just it was not super thrilling in terms of general gameplay or anything like that. Um, So I had put it at number 14 out of 20. So it's not super high on my list. Although now I do really respect uh, June and Allison and what they were able to do for the season um, or for the game. Uh, But it's just not, not an amazing season by any means. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think it's pretty good. I have it ranked as number six on my list uh, out of 20 overall. I really liked Big Brother 4. Uh, I will uh, let read something to you from Mike Bloom, who wrote to me. I put something on Twitter and said, hey, if you can convince me of something, this is something I already kind of agreed with. It was a little lower in the past, but looking back on it, I'm like, ah, it was probably a little bit too hard on Big Brother 4 because there was a lot of great stuff to like. Mike says, I recently rewatched Big Brother 4 and it really exceeded my memories of it. A twist that truly had an impact on the season, a blindside in week two, some absolutely boneheaded moves and a revolutionary final two. He carbon copied both of you to that. But uh, more than that, I really feel like that the personalities of of it really carried it. I understand Karen's quibble about uh, the X's twist having an impact in a way that you don't want it to in terms of people talking about things that we were not a witness to. Aside from that overall, I feel like the season really does stand well on its own. And I felt like the strategy of Big Brother 
as a whole took a step forward on this season. This was the first season that the veto could be used on yourself. For people who don't remember when the veto was originally introduced, you could not use it on yourself if you want it. You had to have somebody else use it on you. Finally, they got rid of that rule. One and I felt like, yeah, exactly. I, there was a one opportunity. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this season, you could use it on yourself the entire time. And I really feel like it helped gameplay. Yes, uh, it, it was definitely a step forward in terms of the format of the show. Uh, they, I mean, each each step from uh, one to two to two to three, three to four, uh, were all big steps. Um, even even with uh, the step to five is another step in the right direction. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there there were some interesting characters. You had the, the three Stooges were uh, were there for a while. Um, G was uh, an interesting character. You had uh, Robert and Erica. Um, the, the thing is, though, there was a lot of nastiness happening in this season as well. Um, probably up there in terms of uh, like uh, the the sexism going on with Robert and uh, some racist comments being made as well. Uh, if this season took place in, uh, in modern times, yeah. then and honestly, worse than Big Brother 15. Uh, I, I really feel like it would it, it probably was worse than Big Brother 15. Um, maybe not as confrontational, but in terms of the comments being made, uh, lots and lots of bad stuff happening. Uh, and that's definitely not going to be uh, in its favor when we're when we're talking about Big Brother 4. But um, what are you going to do? So uh, the audience is uh, kind of more with Melissa and myself than Brent here. The audience ranked it number 12 of 20. Um, Was this one one that a lot of people hadn't seen or did a lot of people watch this one? uh, Well, let's let's find out. We'll go to um, Big Brother 4. Uh, Any other comments on Big Brother 4 while I look this up? No, I think it's... uh great that there were uh, two women in the final two uh, who both knew that they had to get there with each other as Melissa mm-hmm. said. The, uh, the June absolutely throwing uh, the final HOH went by putting a million or whatever the hell she put on her thing uh, hmm. gives me joy. I love it when people know that that's what they have to do and force somebody else to make the villain move. Um, just good stuff. I really like Big Brother 4. I think it stands well on its own. Yes. Uh, 33% of the audience has not seen Big Brother three um so Big Brother four. sorry yes four Big Brother four. Yeah. <laughs> lots of threes in that percentage uh 33 of the audience has not seen big brother four uh which is one of the higher percentages in terms of uh these u.s seasons these uh very early early seasons especially big brother four probably another one of those that people uh there you know nobody's really saying you gotta watch big brother four um so well, there's one more thing i want to add this is the first season where you really saw somebody using their sexual prowess as a pro in the game uh allison or for those of you who know her by her other name ali slut as we called her back in the day when we were watching big brother four uh look i'm gonna uh, you know, i keep it real stuff here that uh, was going on back then i keep it real she like if you're gonna use if you're gonna sleep around with some guys we're gonna call you a slut i mean i slept around with guys when i was younger and i was called a slut and i was a slut so uh allison she had her way with some men in the big brother house she used her sexual prowess to further her game or at least try it was it was amazing to watch. It was like, wow, 
never seen somebody do that before. Uh, so uh, that's something else that I like about that season. Yeah, they had a uh, they they loved to reuse the clip of her in the hot tub with uh, with Justin <laughs> um, just, yeah. because Justin was her ex and yeah. uh, she was working him uh, and then was also working Nathan and got Nathan to use As the she video should. on her um, <laughs> and uh, against the will of the entire house and he made himself a pariah and then after he did that to save her and made every made himself a huge target in the house she was basically like thanks Thanks. See you later. See ya next. Uh, and then in, oh, it was in the hot tub with Justin again. Um, and so yeah, it was it was fantastic. Uh, uh, the blockumentary for at the end. yes, the blockumentary for Big Brother Four definitely uh, in the works here. We're gonna we're gonna get that. Uh, Ooh, it will it will be fun. it will be happening. It's not not actually happening right now, but it will be happening. Um, so watch out for that eventually. So uh, there you go, Big Brother. Four uh, coming in here at number 12 number 11 on the rankings uh we have another early season another one um melissa says it's five melissa is correct big brother nice. five coming oh. in at number 11 just above big brother four uh big brother five is the season that introduced the six finger plan uh yeah. where the the back door was invented at the time uh, the veto competition consisted of six players the hoh and the two nominees would each choose one other person to play in the veto competition so marvin uh floated the idea that hey what if you had two pawns to uh suggest to to pick uh, allies and then have the entire veto competition stacked and uh and then you could uh, backdoor someone, prevent them from competing in the veto competition. They would be gone. Uh, so you had that happening. You had Nicomis. This was Project DNA. Do not assume. This was also kind of a trashy theme, in my opinion, at the time. Uh, I was a kid, and I was just like, this is lame. Like, what DNA? Yeah. Do not assume? Come on. What am I watching? Like, I felt, it felt like I was in the 90s, like, when I was basically in the 90s. Um, so <laughs> So, uh, and this was like 2004 or something, or three, like, uh, come on, guys. Uh, anyway, um, do not assume it meant that, uh, first of all, do not assume, but uh, second, Cowboy and Nokomis were secretly related, brother and sister. They shared the same father, I believe, uh, and they did not know it. They did not know it. They eventually found out in the house. Um, this was also the season of the Four Horsemen, the original archetype for the Bro Alliance, the Four horsemen uh with scott and jace and cowboy and drew uh that was uh that was a time there um then you had uh the twist uh, the the twins uh mm -hmm. i i should say that was another twist um the first instance of the twin twist uh and then uh, you had diane of course and drew and cowboy and you had uh drew cutting diane there at the end to take home the prize the win um so brent how do you feel about Big Brother Five? Brent loves Big Brother Five. Uh, I'm kind of. I looked back back at my old rankings, and I had it actually pretty low. And I'm like, "What were you doing at the time? Like that had to have been a typo." Uh, Big Brother Five landed at number four overall for me in terms of all U.S. seasons of Big Brother. I really, really like uh, season five of Big Brother. Um, the thing is that in order for a season to stand, it really has to have an oh my god moment to me and a satisfying winner. This season had both. Uh, the twin twist reveal 
was something that was so well done. And they, it was like not just a game event. It was a television event. I remember watching it in real time because they had no flipping clue. Like Liz and Julia are shook. They could never pull this off as well as Adria and Natalie did. These twins were switching. They looked so identical. I think there was like a little mole that you could use to, or a little freckle that you could use to tell the difference between the two. But other than that, they were the same. And they were literally the same girl. And they went so amazingly fast from hero to villain in the blink of an eye. I didn't even realize how it happened. Uh, I, I feel like this season is really overlooked by fans. Um, the uh, end game of the season where Diane at one point is going to break up with Drew and, and or no, sorry, Drew's going to break up with Diane and then Diane starts to crumble and Drew realizes it. And then he like, no, 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 we'll, we'll work it out. And they, they stay together. And then at the end, he cuts her. It was thrilling to watch for me. I, I really feel like people, this is something where like the further you get away from it, you don't remember how awesome it was. There was the, the Holly on the season who Cowboy famously kept talking about. Cowboy himself was some character on the season. Nokomis brought back on an all-star season. Uh, Diane, Drew, like there's Marvin. There's just a lot to like about this season. I, I really feel like it's judged unfairly from people. Yeah, I feel like my issue with it is that it's not as memorable to me as some of the other seasons were. Um, I went and did a rewatch and I still don't really remember it that well. Um, it And I think that's part of the problem is it kind of fades. Uh, whereas like some of the other seasons, I like Big Brother 4, I remember that really well, even though I rewatched that before I rewatched. Like I rewatched in order and I still don't really remember Big Brother 5 as much. Um but I do think it's super impressive that the, the six finger plan was invented. Uh, and I, I, you know, there was some good gameplay there, some good characters, but I mean, like Jace, he went on to all, like a lot of all stars came from that season. I mean, obviously there aren't that many to choose from because all stars is only season seven, but still there were some good players that season. Um, and you know, I, I appreciated it at the time. Um, I wasn't super satisfied with the winner. But I don't know who I really would have been satisfied with. That's so I don't. See, if he doesn't cut Diane, I feel like it's not satisfying. But watching him do that cold hearted move and then yeah. she still votes for him. She gives yeah. him the winning vote at the end. It was just breathtaking to watch. It's actually one of the seasons that scored all the way across the board for me. It scored has the oh, my God moment with a twin twist, satisfying winner, personalities that are compelling, drama and fights and a strategy through line all the way through that I could that I could discern. I really, really like, and no shitty twist that gets in the way of undermining yeah. the gameplay. I put, um, I ranked this one as uh, 15 out of 20. You, you, you hussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's actually something interesting here um, that uh, the audience puts season five at number 11 out of 20. Season four was at number 12. Um, I, uh, I put season five at uh, number 13 out of uh, out of 20 and season four was number 15. And Brent, I believe you were at what, four and there's six and eight. Uh, uh, Something you, like that. Five and seven. Uh, oh, for, for U.S. seasons, uh, I ranked season five, number four out of 20 um, and number f- and season four, number 
six out of 20 yeah, yeah they four were and six close. so yeah. they're all they're all very close in in rankings here uh four and five and i think part of that is that it's kind of the middle ground between old classic big brother mm-hmm. and the slightly more modern big brother that came in big brother six um yeah. it was also uh you know the last time they were in the older house uh mm-hmm. after season five they're going to transition to the house that they're in today um which is kind of crazy um they don't make any money on that show it's so hard to keep up yeah, well, um, so and I think that, you know, season two, you had Dr. Will season three, you have Danielle uh, and Jason and then season four, you know, four and five. You got, you, you know, the it, they're not as classic. And, and I've again, I love June. Uh, and I think that that Drew is definitely a, a capable player. But the, the iconic status just isn't there. It's kind of like a break in between the iconic stuff that happens in the first couple of seasons and then what comes in six, seven and eight and so forth um and so i feel like uh, these are often just kind of grouped together and i really do feel like there is something there that is underrated about season five uh i think that uh, people forget how many great moments are in it but i do think that something is missing there uh I, there's just something and, and i think melissa you kind of nailed it that you know drew isn't the most satisfying winner but who would have been maybe Diane, I guess. Uh, And I think part of it is that I think the narrative got screwed up. I think that at the start of the season, you had the four horsemen and they were jackasses and you were rooting for them to crumble. And they did. And when they crumbled, it was like, here we go. Let's, let's do this. Now it's time for the good people to, Oh my God, what happened to the good people? (laughs) because the twins came in and they went nuts uh they were all of a sudden these like terrible people you had will being all weird uh and like all of the heroes just became villains instantly and it was like holy crap who do i root i guess diane nicomas okay like we can get on board with the okay but nicomas lost uh and then diane is cut and that's entertaining but it's just like there's just something missing uh something missing there i think in terms of the narrative of the season yeah i feel like that uh, that harms it absolutely all right um so let's move on here to number 10 the halfway point the halfway point um after two hours (laughs) yeah Uh, i gotta go to the gym (laughs) (laughs) Go to the gym, come back, and Taryn and I will still be here. Yeah, yeah. you guys will still be talking. <laughs> it's it's weird to me, A, that you work out at night, and B, that it's like almost 11.30 and you're talking about going to the gym. Um, uh, it's only 8 o'clock here. Is, wh- wh- why not morning workouts? What's, uh, why, why, why not? Too early. I don't want to wake up early. It's, it's nice to, to do it and then work. feel like pumped. Usually I do it right after work, but podcast. Yeah, what are you going to do? Anyway, number 10. Halfway through, uh, we have some guesses in the chat. Um, I can tell you one of them's right. Um, but uh, this is another recent season. Another recent season. Um, uh, jump in at any time if you have a guess. But uh, it was a season that had a lot of great moments. 
but maybe not the most satisfying ending to the 20. season. It 20. was number 20. Season 20 comes in at number 10. And I have to say, I was surprised by this, not only in the overall placement, but in where I ranked season 20, Me because too. I put it at number nine. And so did I. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast again in the first place was because in the middle of Big Brother 20, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. It's a top five at least season. Let's do this. We're going to add it to the history books. And then just something happened. Mm-hmm. Something happened. And uh, it was the, the hacker twist. It was the buyback. And it was the jury vote, I think. I feel like all three of those really came in and took what was, I think, think top tier see like uh, take the first half of big brother 20 and i think it stands against even the best of big brother seasons but uh but the the final third of it and the final outcome i think uh really soured people on those initial opinions and it has fallen to uh right smack dab in the middle here at number 10 uh brent what do you think uh, I had it ranked 12 out of 20. So I think you guys both gave it number nine. I think you said uh, I did. I had number of, nine, Melissa. You had, I had number, number nine out of nine yeah. out of 20. Yeah, I had it 12 out of 90. I told someone on Twitter because they thought I was going to be unfair. Uh, uh, look, I, I don't particularly care for Tyler. I think he's a bit of a douche, but I love Big Brother 20. It scored well on my list of things. But there are other seasons that scored better. And I was trying to be as fair as possible. It did have an oh, my God moment. Caitlin losing the puzzle for three minutes to do it was just breathtaking to watch. I mean, I remember going on the podcast that night with Rob and it was just like, Oh my God. Like did that just like Rob open the podcast with I protest that did not just happen. It was amazing. Not a satisfying winner though. I, I, you can argue that Casey played a admirable game of big brother, but it was not satisfying to me. To me, the winner of that season should have been Tyler. Um, it did have personalities that were compelling. It had drama and fights and it had a strategy all the way through with no uh, twist that's hurting it. So it did score well on my list of things with a 4.0. Everything else just scored a little bit better. And uh, I, for those of you who don't know, things that ended up in a tie, I let the winner of the season, which is, to me is really what defines a season and the end game, determine where I was going to place that. And because it didn't even, not only was it not a great winner, it wasn't even a satisfying winner to me. Big brother nine, I'm sorry, big brother 20 fell further than what it, what it was for you two. Yes. Um, I mean, I will, I will say uh, I, I love Tyler. I found him to be extremely entertaining, even when some people found him to be boring at times. Um, I really enjoyed watching him play the game. It brought back the childhood joy that I found watching people play on the level that he did. Uh, But it did the game overall did get boring toward the end of it. Uh, When when Scotty comes back, it was just like, like what what's happening? Uh, well, why people in the chat are like Tyler is so boring but Taryn he was so boring because he was so good I mean like I certainly give him credit for his gameplay I think he was fantastic to watch as a game player and the rightful winner of that season people think I dog on the guy but like I sing his praises two thirds of the time I mean anything that's happened after the season is like in, in its own universe as far as I'm concerned but on Big Brother 20 he was breathtaking to watch until he gets to the end game and forgets right. to have a plan 
that's really what I feel like screwed up the season for me. If Tyler doesn't fall in love there and rem- or at least remembers, okay, I have a plan here about how all he has to do is take the woman that he loves to the final two. That's all he has to do. And he wouldn't do it. It's just unfathomable to me that he could play that well for that long and then drop the ball at the end. Yeah, I, I think the only reason people even you know talk about Tyler as a boring player is because uh, by the time it got to the third, third last third of the game, uh, when it slowed down, he was already set up. Uh, yeah. But th- this is the guy that in the first week tricked Caitlyn into voting against her alliance to make a split vote and blindside of the summer of Steve 2018 uh like like and and from there he was just getting started like there was a lot of very exciting of gameplay uh, like right. you have to credit Tyler for almost all uh, at least half of the excitement that that we saw in the first half or two thirds of the game um and uh, and really again I feel like it was the twists and the elongation of the final part of yes. the season that really just started to drag it out and then of course when Tyler does make the uh, unfortunate mistakes that he does in the end game and leaves us with a less than satisfying outcome uh, it really does also hurt the legacy of the season I think so uh, yeah. I think that's why you know the audience was the highest of, of all of us just at number eight here for season in 20 um but uh but i really would have expected it to be a lot higher i agree with everything you guys said um i i don't think tyler is a boring player i think he's a very exciting player um i think that he was so great in the first half um and i felt like we had people who were fun to watch and just great but as you guys said the last half of the game or at least the last third of the game was just such a drudge it was so boring there was nothing going on and it's because Tyler set himself up already and i i do i have to say like once Tyler and Angela got together that's basically all it was was Tyler and Angela together and Tyler seemingly forgot it that he was playing a game and well, I think to, he was still playing. I think he was just set up. He well, didn't, need, didn't need to do yeah, anything. But I also think he was making moves that maybe weren't the best for his game after that point. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's clear he didn't win. Um, and so, right, but I don't think that I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I don't think that was due to the showman's. I think that he, if he had been blinded by the showman's, he would have won. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't think he played as well once he got, once got like, he was, he he was always, he he was always taking Casey to the end and that was his mistake. Right. So like, but he also didn't think about it. Like, I feel like if he wasn't with Angela, he would have thought about it and would have, I don't think that he would have just gone with it. I think that he wasn't thinking about the game anymore and was just like, I don't want to evict Angela. I don't want to evict Casey. I just want to be friends with people. Like, let's just get to the end, whatever. Like, I think that, I just think he wasn't thinking. And I think that's a generous explanation of this because otherwise he's stupid. So, and I don't think that. So I think that he just like, wasn't, yeah, it's, was, a, it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg because Carrie in the chat says Tyler was boring because he stopped thinking with his actual head. Uh, but Taryn it's correct in that Tyler was always going to take Casey to the end. So him thinking with the wrong head didn't actually do anything. If anything, he was, it should have reversed. He should like, have been thinking with the wrong yeah, head. Well, he should have been I, thinking with the wrong head. Melissa in the chat is saying that he went on cruise control after that point. I and I, that. and that's what I agree with is that like after he was with Angela, 
Um, and I don't think necessarily that it's as, this is a, oh, it's because he's with Angela. I think that that was just like a turning point in his game, which was like after he got together with Angela and he felt like he was set up on all corners, he just kind of coasted and didn't really think about like, okay, wait, but how am I setting myself up for the end? Like, am I doing the right goodbye messages? Am I doing the right this and that? Like, and I feel like he wasn't. And, and he had so many advantages, Melissa. Remember, Scotty came back into the game and told him, we all hate Angela. Like, we'll right, exactly. vote for her if she gets to the end. Like, he had somebody from the jury telling you, this is what you need to do. And he still screwed it up. Like, it yeah. pains me to say that. And partly it pains me because, because of his mistakes, I'm sure we're going to see him on another season of Big Brother. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I would like to see him on another season if he's by himself. I think that that would be very exciting to see if he could pull it off again. I think that when you put people with other people, it's not as fun. Well, but, I, um, but I think another thing to point out in terms of like uh, people say like, oh, you know, he wrecked his social game once he started, uh, you know, being with Angela. And that's why he lost the jury vote. But most of his jury votes came from the final members of the jury, the the people that came in when he was with Angela. It was the people who were with him before he was with Angela that voted against him. Um, the people who knew what was happening in the game, they voted mm-hmm. for Tyler. The people who didn't know what was happening in the game, they voted for Casey. I, yeah. that, that's that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, I think that overall it was a very it was a great first half of the season, bad second half. And then I think, though, and also like it convinced me for sure, like it really demonstrated that we need shorter seasons like please CBS. We need way shorter seasons. This was too long. Like the second half of the game is never fun. So, okay, we just preface with that. But then also, you know, I do think that if. I think that if Tyler won the season, though, I think I would have a different view of the season. I think it would be so much higher on my list because I, I think that the end game is really tainting my view of the rest of the game. But I think if Tyler had pulled it off and won, I'd be like, wow, top tier gameplay. This is such a good season. You have this amazing player, this amazing winner. And I think that with Tyler not winning, it kind of just falls flat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the end result alone probably dropped it like at least five places for me uh, yeah, because yeah. because there are other seasons with good outcomes and the other seasons with bad outcomes were better all the way through than than 20 was. Um, but but the ending really could have redeemed it. And, uh, you know, just for any any fans out in the audience who might ever end up on uh, Big Brother, uh, maybe something to think about in terms of your jury vote is uh, how it affects the the outcome of the season, the legacy of the season. If you want to be on a good season, vote for a good winner. Yeah. Not that Casey isn't a good winner. I want to be clear about that. Uh, but I think Tyler that... Tyler's a better winner. Right. I think that Tyler would have been a more exciting uh, legacy sort of cementing winner uh, overall. So what are you going to do? But but so many great moments throughout. The Caitlyn stuff at the start of the season. Caitlyn's puzzle. Caitlyn's Summer of Steve vote. Caitlyn's blindside of Swaggy Otev. in yeah. the veto. Um, you've got uh, Rockstar's birthday. You've got uh, you know JC and Brett convincing Fessy to flip on Scotty. Uh, you've got Fessy all season long going who flipped. So there's, there's so many great so many great things. Uh, you know, just forget that this last third of the really shows it really shows that the end game the last third of any big brother season really it really tells the tale it really does because big brother 20 was like Terrence says we i remember talking to him like we should really do a season podcast and i was already thinking about where i'm gonna put 20 on the list because i was living for it at the time and then it just went you know not good i i I will say i will say this i think that take out the battle back 
from season 20, have Tyler win the season, cut like 20 days, two mm-hmm. weeks from the season. Uh, and it's probably my number three season overall. Take up the so, battle back. Uh, if they just took up the battle back and had Tyler win, I'd have it in the top five. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put it in the top five, probably. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that was. Sorry, uh, 10 more seconds on this, sorry, then I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. It just infuriates me that a guy who played so well for so long gets to the end of the game and was like, ah, it's either her or me. Who cares? We, 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 we did it. We did mm-hmm. it. That's when, like, I feel like that's the thing. Same thing happened in Big Brother 16. Cody gets to the end of the game. We did it. But for Derek, it was yeah. never about we did it. It was about I did it. And I want people to be self-interested in the game, not be blinded to whatever they are loyal to. Yes. All right. So let's move on to number nine. Number nine. Finally, in the top half of the seasons. And this is uh, this is a more recent season. Once again, Uh, this time we are uh, we are in the teens and uh, Melissa has called it. It's number 17. The first season that Brent and I, the first U.S. season, at least, that Brent and I were uh, podcasting for. Season 17. Um, this is the season with, of course, Vanessa and Johnny Mac and Steve and the Oz twins and Devon and, uh, you know, Jason was from the season originally. Uh, so... Lots of uh, lots of uh, crazy James, of course, and Meg. Um, we had uh, the we had Audrey in the beginning. Um, we had the what was it the the something Moon Alliance. Uh, you had Vanessa managing to survive a backdoor attempt. You had Shelly and Clay running the season for half the show, uh, and then Vanessa really doing a lot of work uh, to control them. Um, and then just a lot of great stuff. Uh, this is really Vanessa's season. I think. And she really just made the entire show. And then you had uh, Steve kind of just like sneaking around in the background, just like waiting for his moment. And, uh, and he takes it and he wins. Um, and uh, this is probably another season where there might be some people that, uh, that feel like if Vanessa had won this one, it would be a better season. And, uh, I might, I might agree with that. Uh, I love Steve. I loved his win. Um, and I think, I think Steve would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, You know, but, but in the same, same logic with, uh, with Vanessa or with Tyler, where it's like, if, I mean, Vanessa is just such a captivating character and she ran the strategy of that season. And if she had won, it would have been nuts. It would have been crazy. Uh, And it would have been great. Um, And that said, uh, I, I mean, I have it uh, myself. Um, I have it here at number 10, just behind Big Brother 20. And uh, that's because I do feel like it's similar. A season with a lot of great moments throughout, a lot of really great strategy happening, a very compelling main strategic character who ends up not winning in the end. And um, I, you know, I love Steve, uh, but... You know, it, well, it does it does hurt the season. I think that uh, that we didn't get uh, the Vanessa win. Yeah, I had it at number seven out of twenty. I really like season seventeen, and the reason that I view it greater than Big Brother twenty is because Steve is a really satisfying winner to me. He had more agency in the game. The 
than Casey, I felt like did. Um, and, and overall, I feel like he was somebody who was more likable for me personally. Like I was personally invested in Steve. I remember texting Matt Ligori and being like, I can't even watch this final HOH because I knew that Liz was in the final two. It was just a matter of who won that final HOH and I couldn't even watch it. I had to like, I was constantly refreshing Joker's updates to see where the little H appeared next to whoever's name. Uh, when Steve won, I was like, wow, he didn't evict De- Vanessa in the way I really wanted him to. I wanted him to just be like, Vanessa, get out. But <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little longer than that. But overall, I felt like the season, it really, really stands well. It didn't have an oh my God moment, but it scored in every other part. Definitely had strategy. Definitely had fights, drama, compelling personalities, people that could be brought back on other seasons. Has all of that. And I didn't give it any negative points for a shitty twist, even though it did have Battle of the Block. But even though I don't love Battle of the Block, I feel like it was mostly used the way it was intended to be used and not uh, you know, misused by the Alliance in power. And it was cut off after four evictions, which is if you're going to have Battle of the Block, that's when I want it to go away. So I was pretty happy with 17. I like it. Yeah, Nikki in the chat pointed out uh, if Steve had won in the final two next to Vanessa, that would have been so much worse. And I agree. I think that would have been worse. Um, I think Steve cutting Vanessa shows the the agency that we want. And I do think that, that it was a more satisfying outcome overall than season 20. Uh, the reason I have it just below season 20 is that I felt like season 20, just the moments leading up to the final were so much, not even that much. Like, I mean, season 17 is great, but season 20 was like top top tier um and i think season 17 was just below that in terms of uh how enjoyable it was throughout um but uh but lots of great moments here melissa yeah this one i feel like i feel like i need to do a rewatch of it because i feel like i would probably appreciate it more on a rewatch but when i was watching it at the time i was not enjoying it um i uh I did find that there was a lot of drama in the beginning with Audrey and, you know, there was always constantly something going on and I felt like that was exciting, but I just, I didn't like the Ostwins and I didn't like a lot of the things that were, I didn't like Vanessa's use of like the crocodile tears and like telling and like emotional manipulation as strategy. (laughs) But I will say that I think that on a rewatch, I would appreciate it more. So that's why I'm like a little hesitant to be like very, you know, I didn't like it because at the time I didn't like it, but I feel like it's something I would appreciate now. And I do recognize Vanessa as like an amazing player now. But at the time I was thinking, I wasn't thinking of her as a great player. I was just thinking like, She's just being really emotional. Like, I don't know. I didn't I didn't respect it at the time. And now I feel like looking back, I would respect it more if I saw it again. So I feel like "Eh, I don't know if I can really comment. I feel like the thing with Vanessa, Taryn and Melissa is that you never know, like when she was having all those histrionics, she didn't know what was real. Like I could if I knew she was definitely using this strategy, I would have been behind it. But Half the time it felt real to me. That well, that's how yes, it, the yeah, fact yeah, the fact that I it was real like. made her more compelling to me because she is probably one of, in my opinion, the smartest players in terms of strategy that we've ever seen on Big Brother. Uh, but she is held back by uh, by her emotions, by by her personality, by her social ability, um, which 
which can be very poor at times. Uh, she had a lot of trouble getting people to like her and getting people to be like truly on her side and loyal to her. She had, she had to, she more than anyone else. I think that I've ever seen play the game used people like, like chess pieces and was so good at it that she forced them to work with her. Even when they didn't like her, even when they were mad at her, even when she had betrayed them, even when she was, because she was an expert of, uh, at gaslighting. Uh, she would be oh, like, yeah. what are you talking about? You are crazy. How could you dare say that? How dare uh, you? Yeah. And, and, and she, she had a memory of like every single thing you have ever said to her. And she would bring up the exact things that she needed to, to bring to to win any any particular argument and it was so interesting to watch her operate it was very very fascinating i think i would have liked it more had i seen her in the diary room be like this is all strategy this is all a ploy and i don't really remember her doing that so i think that that is why i'm a little i'm a little i was put off i guess by her gaslighting and emotional manipulation because she wasn't in the diary room like Dr. Will was or something like laughing about it like this is what I'm doing like and or Dan like laying out his plan or like this is all like a big ruse or something instead it was just that she would do it and then she'd also like be crying and I don't I I just feel like I didn't get like the hey this is what I'm doing and why sort of explanation and I feel like that would have been that is something I would have appreciated, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think why I appreciate it, because I, I do. I, pre- I appreciate people like Dan, uh, who, you know, he's able to articulate everything in the diary. Everything that he's doing in the house is is some kind of strategy. I, I obviously love that. I'm a big fan of Dan. Um, but I, there's something just uh, Vanessa is a flawed mastermind. And there's something really interesting about that uh, to me. Um, and it's, I think, something that I like I've come to appreciate in, in like uh, when I'm watching you know a show or reading a book now where like i'm really appreciating more flawed characters and uh even when i'm frustrated with them it's like it feels it feels real like she is a very she's very flawed in a lot of real ways that i'm sure a lot of people can relate to in some ways probably a lot more extreme than a lot of people but uh but it's interesting that she is so flawed and yet so good at the same time uh and that's that's what made me interested in her as a as a player it was something very different that i hadn't seen before and I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's just how, uh, how I see it. Um, the audience, the audience placed season 17 at number 10 overall, right in the middle, right in the middle. Okay. Um, so I had, uh, I had 17 at number, n- number 10 as well. Um, Brent, you had it at, uh, at what? Uh, season 17. I had it number seven, number seven. 11. And Melissa had it at 11. There you go. So overall placed there at number nine. Let's move on to number eight. Number eight. Uh, Really getting into the top seasons here. And I'm going to say this season, it surprised me how high it got. I'll say that first. Um, <laughs> I'm inter- I'm always interested to see what what season uh, really like gets gets the guesses going. Melissa says eight. Yeah. Melissa is wrong. It's not season what? eight. Uh, it's it's later on. Later later than eight. Um, it's a season okay, that then I have no idea. 
Uh, it's a season that uh, it had a couple of twists, but they pretty much all failed dramatically. Um, it's a season that introduced a lot of great characters, uh, some of which came back later, some of which have been on many seasons of many shows. Uh, and it's a season that had the uh, second coming of the all-male alliance. Oh, my. Uh, the Brigade. What? It's season so 12. Low? What is wrong with everybody? Uh, there you go. Um, season 12 here at number eight. Uh, Melissa is very shocked by this. So, Melissa, what, what is your reaction here? I'm season totally 12? shocked. I have it ranked as my number three overall. Wow. Out of all seasons. Well, that's obviously why it's as high as that's it is. That's how it got as high as it did. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was surprised. I okay, I'm back. Uh-oh. Yeah, you froze for a second. <laughs> I know. I'm shocked, though. I had it as number three overall. Your, your, your Wi-Fi was, was shocked that uh, you that Big Brother. I, uh, I literally, I cannot believe this because 12 I, I love, I love season 12. I mean, I just did a rewatch. I mean, I knew I loved it originally, and I've said this before, but I just did a rewatch of it, and I was enjoying it so much that I was having trouble going quickly through it. I wanted to like slow it down and really watch it because there are so many amazing characters in it. I mean, you've got Brittany, first of all. You have the brigade, which was very impressive, but you've also Brittany. got you've also got uh like, you know, you have Enzo in there who's very fun. Hayden goes on to go on Survivor. Like I, I mean, you've got Matt uh, you've got Lane, who I loved at the time. Um, I loved him and Brittany together. Then you've got Brenchel. I mean, the introduction of Brenchel, that's so great. I mean, there are so many iconic moments in that season. You have Brittany's commentary in the diary room. You have, you know, Floater's Grab a Life Fest. You have the reveal to Brittany in the end that the brigade was there all along. That's emotional. Uh, I, I just feel like there are so many fun moments. Um, there are also some bad moments uh, as well. You know, I as iconic, I guess, as it is when, you know, Rachel comes back into the house and Reagan talks about the only thing real about you are the pimples on your chin. That is like so cruel. And it was hard for me to watch back uh, the way that they treated her when she came back. Literally, all she said when she came in the door was like, I'm back. And everyone was just like pouncing on her it was like oh my god like she's supposed to come in and annoy you guys like that is literally what the producers told her to do but whatever um i i really i just loved the season i thought it was very softy oh my god (laughs) i am i am a total softy but i loved it i loved the season i thought it was Rachel's a big girl. Such she a could, great time. She she knew what she was doing. She like, I, I wouldn't call her totally innocent in that interaction with Reagan. They were both had, they both had it out for each other. I felt like there uh, were some things thrown back and forth. Yeah. I, I think Reagan so. Reagan started it, and Reagan definitely well, finished it. I, I, say, I will say Reagan there was a sentiment stopped. there I, that that agreed with Melissa that felt like Reagan uh, crossed a line at at some points. He didn't even do it. She didn't do anything to him. Like she didn't well, do anything to him. Well, and he not, just, like not, took it I'm out not, on her. I'm not going to defend Reagan because he sucks overall. But uh, <laughs> most people on this cast, I oh, well, we also had the uh, the oh, Captain there's more. Kosher. Well, I just want to say we also had the Captain Kosher. I just got reminded of in the chat his awesome speech. I, I loved his <laughs> like. I oh mean, God, come I on. We're talking about <laughs> Andrew's speech. I'm just saying it was great, but uh, 
<laughs> I will say I was surprised, uh, especially considering the reaction to Big Brother Canada 7, which uh, we will eventually talk about on the Addendum podcast, uh, which, in my opinion, is a very similar season. Uh, and and seeing, seeing Melissa in particular, your reaction to that. And also from my experience as a person that was uh, on the feeds uh, watching season 12, um, I was enjoying it. And I came into this podcast kind of, again, expecting to be the defender of season 12 uh and i ranked it at number 12 um and that's kind of low for how i how i enjoy it because i look up until like number i don't know 16 like i'm enjoying all of these seasons uh a lot um and i enjoy almost all of them uh period uh but season 12 uh was hated uh at the time um i think that you know i can't remember a season that was more hated while i was watching it uh except for like season 19 that's um, so crazy i don't remember it being hated but i didn't watch feeds so the, the, the internet community that is often so uh convincing in how representative they actually aren't um <laughs> of the overall <laughs> fan base had me convinced at the time that this was the that that they thought that this was the the, the all all of the audience thought this was the worst season ever even though i disagreed at the time but they thought it was so boring it was just a, a boy club it was just summer camp uh nothing was happening and to be fair there wasn't a ton that was always happening on the feeds especially once brenchel left which was about halfway through the season or sorry i should say rachel left because um brendan did stay but uh after rachel left there was no drama with brendan um and uh and and there really there wasn't a ton that was going on uh for the whole second half of the season that said, though, I was still enjoying it. Uh, there was still a lot to be said of this kind of season where there is an alliance that's running the table. It was so unique. It was so interesting to watch how they were capable of doing this. Um, Brittany was a very compelling character. There were some great characters. Enzo was entertaining. Lane was funny. Uh, his re- his relationship with Brittany was interesting. Brittany herself was, of course, incredible. Uh, Hayden was probably the most boring of the bunch, but also the best player of the bunch which was awesome uh and then matt of course uh one of my favorite people to 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 grace the show um was very very fun and very interesting um you had the fights like with reagan and all of that stuff there were a lot of great parts of the season the twists uh the saboteur failed dramatically the uh the diamond power of veto thanks to matt failed pretty dramatically for god's sake um so uh so uh, you know i i really like the season but there are definitely uh you know things that you can point to in terms of like yeah it definitely wasn't the most compelling all the way through it did slow down quite a bit especially in the second half brent what are your thoughts uh season 12 i ranked as number 10 i ranked it right in smack dab in the middle of how am i the lowest on season 12 (laughs) yeah you thought i I guarantee you i'm by far the highest on season uh big brother canada seven I feel like I guarantee you, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like that the members of the alliance are more fun on Big Brother Twelve than they are on Big Brother Canada Seven. Totally. I, I feel like they're more relatable. I feel like they're kookier, and you called it in that Hayden is the most normal of the four, but the rest of them are outright like Looney Tunes, and yeah. it was fun to watch. Whereas they also like, had competition. Yeah, the, that's true. The, the, well, sort of in a way. Like, Brenchel, the funny thing about Big Brother 12, and the reason why I think so many fans hate it, is we didn't like the four guys controlling everything in the brigade. 
But the alternative was Brenchel, basically, uh, because it was like kind of like one or the other. And not many people were living for Brenchel at the time. I think a lot of people, even including myself, doubted whether or not it was real. How could I have predicted that uh, Rachel would and Brendan would become like um, nobody stands in between her and her man? I thought for sure there was no way they were going to last. Like, I mean, I watching them in that season, it was like, well, they, they got together like so quick and were like telling each other they loved each other like immediately. And well, then it's because, like, always dramatic and have getting upset about things. And they were always getting in fights. And I was like, there is no way this is lasting. So, you know, props to them. They are awesome. Like, oh, I, like, I love I them in real life. Oh, I know, I, I, know I know, I know. We love Rachel and Brendan. I'm just like looking back on it. Like you see so many reality TV couples fail. So when you see something like that, you're ordinarily going to be a little bit suspicious of it. Like, hmm, I don't know if this is really going to last. But then like occasionally lightning strikes and somebody gets their fairy tale ending. Uh, I, I am so happy for them. But on the season, not many people like them. And like I said, not many people like the brigade. So I feel like that's why fans didn't really like it. The only person we were really rooting for was Brittany. And I guess at the time I was rooting for Reagan, mainly out of necessity, because I feel like he was the only person who wasn't controlled by the brigade. But they weren't really fun to root for. Brittany couldn't, they just couldn't see what was happening. I was like, how can you not see that these four guys are together? And then there was a point in time where Enzo and I want to say Hayden co-opted Brendan and they were like the three guys working together, but they were only using Brendan in order to get him out of the house. And they were only using him in case the one opportunity where he did win HOH so that he wouldn't target them. So some interesting gameplay. And I think that's overall why it's ranked higher for me and Melissa is because we like the guys in it and Mm -hmm. Big Brother Canada 7, not so much. Well, there you go. Uh, The audience placed number uh, season 12 at number nine overall uh, in the uh, out of 20 seasons. So, Jaren, really, you brought it down. I was the lowest on. (laughs) This is shattering my big brother identity. (laughs) I always saw myself as the big brother 12 defender. And now all of a sudden, uh, I'm not. I'm the person saying it's (laughs) it's the least good. You're bringing us down when did i become the thing that i hate <laughs> who are uh, you i ask myself that question all the time <laughs> um so uh look and i'll say it again uh it's not because i don't like season 12 i love season 12 but i also love all of the other seasons that i have ranked uh, above it so what are you gonna do all right moving on to season or sorry to number seven on the list number seven melissa is gonna guess season eight and uh yeah she's right yeah season eight eight. uh this is a season that i think this is another season that should be in the top tier and the reason it's not is because of the effery going on uh in the uh in the season uh this is of course the season of america's player and um it the big the big twist is similar to the x factor you are going to have people from your past that are basically uh an enemy uh from your past uh which really fell flat except for which the also Dick bring back more than just a couple of them yeah. like if you're going to do the x factor bring it back for everyone like i don't see why they keep picking out specific people because then you have people that you you're either working with or your enemies with whereas other people are just normal players it just doesn't make any sense but anyway 
Uh, Bill Hall says last time eight was above three. Is that right? Can I get can, can I get a confirmation on that? Because uh, that's that's that is a flip. Uh, if so, um, anyway, season eight. Uh, it was the summer of Stein, twenty oh seven. And yeah, you had Dick and Danielle. You had uh, Eric and Jessica. You had Dustin and Joe. Um, there were a lot of uh, interesting. Uh, Jamika. You had uh, Wamber, as she was known as. Um, I, I like that one because it's it it has stood up the test of time uh unlike some other nicknames and uh and there was there was a lot to like i think about season eight uh and a lot of it did have to do with putting who i believe to be one of the greatest players that has ever played the game in all kinds of terrible situations and and watching him squirm trying to get out of them with his hands tied behind his back and a blindfold on because he can't control any of his decisions uh which introduced a lot of interesting outcomes and scenarios but uh i think that that same thing is also part of what drags it down which is that like oh it's just so unfair like, yeah what am i this is i'm why am i watching this these people get tortured um but uh, of course you had jen who i think was a highlight uh you had uh kale at the start who was a very interesting character um so there, there's a lot to like about the season it's just uh there's also a lot to dislike melissa what are your thoughts yeah, um, I put this one as number seven um, out of 20. And I, uh, there is, I think, honestly, the Dick and Danielle father-daughter through line is really what carries this season. Um, I feel like there were a lot of, there's a lot of meanness to the season that I don't particularly like, but you can you can attribute that to, Dick standing up for his daughter. And to me, that makes more sense to me. And it makes me able to root for um, evil Dick more than I would had he, Danielle not been there. And he was just like causing chaos and being mean to Jen and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I, I'm able to root for him because I'm like, well, he's protecting his daughter. He was doing this because he wanted to put a target on his back so that his daughter could continue. You know, that that's the only reason why I'm able to wrap my head around the meanness that happened this season and still be happy that um, Evil Dick won. And honestly, on my rewatch, I totally teared up when Danielle finally tells him that she loves him and he's like crying and ah. Uh, I loved it. I cried it, even like on 1.75 times speed. I, I still cried. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I thought well. that it was, they really did. I thought that it was great. I, I feel like the, the story of like this estranged father daughter who get put together uh, and they don't even want to talk and they just argue. And then by the end, they're like, they have this relationship built and and then they end up in the final two together. You know, I just feel like that is such an amazing story. And I feel like that's what makes this season for me. Uh, by the way, I looked back. Uh, Jordan and Alex had season eight ranks fifth and sixth at the time. So that's why it was above three bill. Uh, if you're looking for the reasons why I actually I had it ranked a little bit higher as well. This time, not so much. I, I, I went down a little bit. I have season eight ranks number nine out of 20. So again, right in the middle. Um, where is it ranked overall? Sorry, it's like number eight or number, number seven. seven. Number seven. Okay, cool. So yeah, I have it ranked a little bit lower than the average. Um, season eight for me did have the uh, uh, satisfying winner, and not just satisfying winner, a great winner. 
uh, in uh, Evil Dick, and uh, they didn't have the personalities or confl- or compelling people that I in- interacted with in the house. Like besides Dick and Danielle and Eric, who I grew to love as America's player, I don't really feel like anybody was really connecting with me. It did have Gen- a drama in the fights, uh, yeah, a little bit maybe. Um, <sighs> Brent's not a Gen fan, of course not. <laughs> I mean, like I'm a Gen fan. Like I, like, I feel like the. Here's the thing. That was Brent from like 12 years ago. I feel like the Brent from today would love Jen. Like her, <laughs> I will now perform eating thing is like iconic. And I would like today I would crying I over would, her picture. I would stand it. Yes, exactly. Correct. I would see yeah, I would. This is like an Olivia thing for Big Brother Canada who it took me like a couple weeks to warm up to. And then I was like, oh, my God, I love her. So I feel like I would love Jen now. But uh, the me from back then didn't care for it. And I feel like that's influencing some of my feelings. So it's a uh, it's, it's a good score for me. Number nine. Out of twenty, isn't that? Yes, the audience had it at number six overall out of uh, out of twenty. There, so I think um, the winner helps. Yeah, the winner helps. See, yes. I I feel like uh, not the case. I feel like if oh, Eric really? had managed to pull this one out, uh, what a season that would have been. Well, I mean, like for, for the audience, for the masses, I feel like you know, Evil Dick being such a icon of the game, it helps their recollection like oh that's the season that evil dick dominated when they like they're all as far as all the details they're not really remembering everything it's it's definitely a very strange season in a lot of ways even though i think this is probably the worst twist they've ever done in terms of how unfair it is i will also admit it was probably the most successful twist in terms of getting them what they wanted uh and giving the audience what they wanted and and you know uh when you have control over the person who is controlling the house that's kind of inevitable uh but but it's 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 strange to me and i have conflicting feelings about it because of that like it's it's in some ways the worst thing they've ever done but it was also the most successful interference they've probably ever done and it it did make the season more compelling i I don't remember who asked it It might have been nikki in the chat who was like so i mean what would have happened if eric was able to play his own game would it still have been a great season or would it have been big brother 16, but earlier uh, because he just would have dominated. Um, and I mean, we can say with certainty that evil Dick would have been gone very early and that, uh, you know, who, who knows what kind of season it would have been uh, from that point forward. Um, maybe it would have been more boring for a lot of people. In my opinion, I would have really enjoyed it because I enjoyed those seasons, but uh, you know, it's, it's, I think the one counter example you can give to like twists, almost always having a negative outcome. Like, this kind of probably did make the season more exciting for most people, uh, even though it was so unfair and bad. Um, so those are my conflicting feelings on season eight. I personally uh, had it down at number 11. Um, I think that there were so many great moments. The Dustin blindside again, f- f- you know, because of a twist was so good. Walking around in the in the crown and the bathrobe. Uh, I want to be the one that sits next to Evil Dick as we flush him yeah. down the drain okay. or the toilet or whatever it was. Uh, and then he is blindsided by America. Uh, and then um, you know you have uh, you have Eric uh, surviving a back door uh, with again his hands tied behind his back. Uh, you know lots lots and lots of great moments from the season, but. 
but uh, I, it, this just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that it wasn't like or even a real season. It feels like at sometimes, um, you know, when you have it's basically like, hey, what if we took Tyler or Derek? What if we took Derek in Big Brother 16 and we controlled his actions like it's just it's weird, right? Yeah, I don't have as big of a problem with it. I feel like it would have worked better if they would have let him play his own game after a time. Like if you make mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of like with the yeah. Adrian Natalie thing, where if you make it five weeks, six weeks into the game, then you get to play your own game. Uh, that would have been something. And I don't really know why they didn't do that, because in order for someone to get to the end of the end of the game and not be able to control their actions or even their vote the entire time, that's pretty freaking amazing. That's I mean, so impressive. Uh, yes, the the claw uh, pointed out the courtesy flush was was Dustin's. Ah, something. yes, yes, and that was the oh my god moment. I couldn't remember. So my god, I I did all this last night, uh, and but in uh, the night before when I was thinking about the uh, the moments on these seasons that I have, I have I have it checked off for the oh my god moment, and it's the Dustin blindside that uh, was just amazing. There you go. All right, so next up is number six. Number six, and uh, Melissa is guessing season three. And once I again, also, I will, I will say she's right because she's been right. Yes, most of the time. <laughs> Melissa has called it. This was very close, though. I will say. Um, so this is the one tie that we have in wow. the U.S. seasons. Um, I won't say what season it's tied with yet, um, but it's tied it, with this, it, a U.S. season that comes next. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, it was it was tied. So what we had in the survey was uh, you could rate the seasons out of 10 uh, as well. Um, so you could give star ratings out of 10. So to break the tie, I went to the star ratings wow. uh, of the Average audience rating combined with each of our ratings. And that was also a tie. (laughs) So uh, at that point, I went to the audience average rating uh, star rating for the seasons um, because I knew that would not be a tie because that would be like nearly impossible. And uh, and that that broke the tie in favor of the season that is just ahead of Big Brother 3 um, and leaving Big Brother 3 here at sixth place. So here we go. Sixth place for Big Brother 3. We just did the blockumentary on Big Brother 3. So if you are curious about it, uh, feel free to check out the blockumentary. But I love Big Brother 3. I think it's a fantastic season. I was really excited to do the blockumentary for it. Um, there, it, it is such a classic season of the show. It sets up so much uh, of, of future seasons. You have the first real secret alliance in Jason and Danielle who dominate the game in such fantastic ways. Um, you have a lot of drama happening. Uh, you have Marcellus, who is a fantastic narrator. You have his weird relationship with Amy, who is a fantastic character. Um, you have have Roddy, who is the devil. Um, you have uh, Lisa, who is very, very interesting. Jason, obviously, uh, as one of my favorite uh, players to to ever play. Very fascinating to watch. And of course, Danielle, who is uh, also oh, yeah. one of my favorite players. Fantastic in the diary room. Fantastic as a strategist. There's so many good things to this season. And not to mention one of the best moments i think of the entire show when marcellus 
has the veto Ugh. and chooses not to use it. So at which terrible. point Jason says, as terrible as it is, you really should have used that veto, Marcellus. Oh, God, it's so bad. And the shot is so good as Marcella stands up in complete shock. You have Amy sitting next to him like, oh, Karen, <gasps> and, oh. and he's sitting there happy as a clam. Like he's like, he's like, I just can't use it, Julie. And she even gives him a second chance. It pits me the f- off when Julie says, are you sure you don't want to use the veto? I so already good. closed the box. And he's like, I think he didn't even say anything. She's like, I will take that as a no. And then she moves on. And then yes. he's sitting there and like, like up until julie says it's a tie he is feeling good he is living life honey and then it all comes home to roost when the votes come in and i remember julie's like hello house guests and amy's like yes julie and she's like we have a tie for the second time this season and marcellus is like oh my god he starts to look at danielle he starts to look at jason he realizes what the fuck is about to go down and then he one minute later, Julie Chen is slapping the note card on the back of his head going, what were you thinking? Which is what all of us wanted to do. And thank God she was there to do that. Uh, and and for Jason, yeah. the, the like nicest guy to ever co- step foot in the house, to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. One of the most cutthroat moves in the history of the show. For him to be the one that brings down the axe. And to see the effect of it even on Danielle, who was very cutthroat in the game. The second that Marcellus chooses not to use the veto, you see it in her face. She literally goes down. She's, she's like, oh my god, what I am about to have to do right now. And she is devastated by it. And there's so much human drama. It's so fascinating. It's such. It's so interesting on so many different levels. It's such a great moment, and it's such a great season. Uh, for me, I put it at number four out of twenty. It's it's one of my top seasons for sure. Uh, and I believe this is a step above where I had it before in my previous rankings. And that's because on the rewatch, it impressed me even more. Uh, I, I I really really recommend you check this one out if you haven't seen it. It's such a good season. And and for me. It would be even higher if not for the outcome. The the outcome is the, the one real That's sour down for yeah. the season. There is the, the rub. First, yes, yeah. of course, the first real bitter jury, uh, so to speak. Um, a lot. It's it's basically the reason why they sequest started sequestering the jury, um, even though Danielle would have lost regardless. Uh, but if Danielle or Jason had won this season, I think that uh, I would probably place it at number two, if not number one. Um, that it is that good. It is that good. But uh, but Danielle did not pull it out. The jury management was not quite there, and Lisa was very good at the jury management. Management. Uh, Lisa is underrated, I believe, as a winner. But uh, but Danielle was. Uh, can you just imagine the history of the show if Danielle is a winner? It would have been great. Honestly, you know, my 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 rankings are, as you can tell, controlled by the endings and the winners because I give an extra point if it's a great winner, not just mm-hmm. a satisfying winner. So obviously, when you have somebody like Lisa beating Danielle, it's really going to weigh down the season. Uh, overall, I ranked season three as my 11th season. I gave it wow. number 11 out of 20 uh, and it scored well. It scored in every category except for winner. But unfortunately, that's what's weighing down the scale. And it didn't have a satisfying winner to me. Some people like Lisa. She's a fine human being. She did what she could. And they obviously made a mistake keeping her at the final four. Taryn, I'm curious, in your rewatch of Big Brother 3, did you ever really wrap your head around why they kept in Lisa at the final three? 
and not Amy, who I correct me if I'm wrong, would they have, would Danielle have had a shot to beat Amy at the end of the game? I believe she would have. Yeah. And this is definitely a, a huge mistake. Uh, it is something that we tried to explore in depth in the blockumentary. Uh, it's there's no like concrete answer that we can point to. I think that uh, ultimately, you know, one of the more compelling things that I can think of is that they were so Danielle and Jason were so dead set on making it to final two together uh, that they felt like Amy was a better competitor than Lisa was in the competitions and so they really wanted to make sure that uh, they that they would win that final three hoh and so that's one of the reasons why i think there was also a bit of loyalty there from danielle to lisa um and lisa definitely played on that uh in that moment as well so uh there are a lot of different factors i definitely again recommend you check out the blockumentary you can find it at robhasawebsite.com well um, the thing that's crazy to me and i don't mean to beat a dead horse but at the final five they leave lisa out of the vote Lisa is not in on the plan to evict Marcellus. It's all Danielle and Jason's doing. And then, so you leave somebody purposely out of the boat. You totally snow them. Like Lisa thought they were evicting Amy. She didn't know. And then when the votes come in and he breaks the tie and evicts Marcellus, she's like, what the F? And then you have her dead to rights at the final four. I feel like you have to get rid of her there, but uh, it's, it's easy looking back 2020, I guess. There you go. Uh, Bill Hall has a quick summary. Uh, it says, compared to last rankings, 15 dropped quite a bit, 12 went up quite a bit, and 3 is higher than 8 now. So that's uh, some changes from the previous rankings there. Uh, Melissa, any other thoughts on Big Brother 3? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys said. Uh, it what, what really affected my ranking of it, which I ranked it as number 8 out of 20, uh, what affected my ranking of it was the winner. I was very upset that Danielle didn't win. Um, I think she absolutely should have won. And I think that it's, you know, a travesty that she didn't. But she was so great to watch during the season. It's amazing that, you know, they had the first secret alliance. That's exciting. That's fun. That's something that changes the scope of the game forever. So, um, you know, great season overall, but like Brent said, not satisfactory or I guess satisfactory, but not amazing winner. And that really affects, you know, where I placed it in my ratings. Yes. The audience put number, uh, put season three at number seven overall. Um, so there, there you go. Let's move on to our number we are in the top five and uh this one made it in by a hair by a hair just barely making it through here to the top five uh this is um let's say it's it's a classic season Okay. It's uh it has some uh some great gameplay and uh pretty quickly this should be narrowing it down in terms of seasons left six. here. Has um I would not call 6 the greatest gameplay season, but it definitely did have some great gameplay You're right there. But uh no, this is season 2. Melissa is correct uh with the two fingers um in the in the video. Uh season 2 with of course the debut of Dr. Will and really the first real season of Big Brother uh, in the proper format where it's a real competition. Um, this uh, was the originator of the Chilltown. You had uh, the 
top um the the first uh hey we're the real people um uh, we're the good guys uh exactly. you had the first uh use of a pawn uh that that uh went home that was yep. the very first uh eviction of home. the show <laughs> Um, and uh, a lot, a lot of a lot of great stuff here. Uh, of course, Doctor Will is the star of the season. Um, really, uh, not the greatest gameplay for the first, I don't know, five evictions or so. Uh, but in the second half of the game, really kicks it into gear and uh, and completely steals the show here. Um, you of course also have um, uh, Nicole. You have uh, the other guy that's not Roddy. <laughs> I always Hardy, Hardy Hardy. and Roddy. All they're like the two like manly guys that have weird names. Um, You have Bunky, Kent, uh, who has unfortunately passed away now. Um, And uh, it's it's a it's a great cast, and it's 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 the OG. It really is. It's it's the original. You can't. uh, It had no veto. uh, No veto. It it gave us it gave us Doctor Will. It was really it was really fun. Yeah, when Dr. Will has everyone fast for no reason, <laughs> he just wants to do it. Like, I mean, he made the season what it was. Um, well, they had to fill the time. They had nothing else to do. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, people and, misremember that because mo- nobody actually did it. <laughs> they all didn't do it. But yeah, he's but so good were, in the diary room that he's able to make us remember that it was some impressive thing. <laughs> I think, I mean, from what I remember, it was impressive. And on my rewatch, it was still impressive. And I love, I mean, he gives, I just feel like he creates this, this player that people then eventually like continue to, even to this day, want to emulate that sort of player from the get go. Cause this is like the first real gameplay season. And he just, this is something everybody knows about. I mean, everybody knows Dr. Will. Everyone wants to be that character. Um, And, you know, that's also why this season ranked higher for me than Big Brother 3, which I ranked this as number six on my list of rankings because we had a great winner. And that is, that's the difference for me. Yes. uh, A winner who, in his final two speech, uh, basically said, you know, this is this is a show. This is a reality show. This is reality. So if you had a problem with me, you basically had a problem with reality. It's, uh, it's basically what's going on. Um, you know, a lot of people have talked about season two of the show and said, like, hey, Dr. Will can't win the season in a modern season. You can't win it with the game that he played. You can't that. win without <laughs> winning competitions, without, uh, you know, being a overtly strategic, uh, instead of, uh, you know, manipulative behind the scenes, like, like Dr. Will. Um, and I very much disagree. Uh, I really do. Um, I, I really feel like Dr. Will won the season because of who he was sitting next to. And if he had not been sitting next to Nicole, he would not have won this season. Um, she was probably the only person he could have won against. Uh, and uh, in many ways, like, you know, think about uh, like Josh won season 19 because he was up against Paul. And Nicole was kind of the Paul of Big Brother 2 in a lot of ways. Um, 
Dr. Will was, of course, uh, being that person who was undermining the person who was running the show. Uh, and he was able to do that on the edited version of the show rather than just goodbye messages. But uh, but he was very effective at it, certainly more effective than Josh was, of course. Um, and he did a lot of really, really interesting and fantastic things throughout the season. Um uh, you know, uh, playing uh, Hardy, playing Kent, um, playing Bunky. Uh, it was he really will is the foundation of what Big Brother was built on. Um, he made the show what it is in the same way that Richard Hatch made Survivor. Dr. Will made Big Brother. Um, but uh, but at the same time, I did rate this one uh, rank. it. I ranked it at number five, just behind season three. And before I had it at number four, and I think I had season three at number five, but I switched these. And part of that is because uh, as compelling as Dr. Will is, and as much as the outcome was certainly better than season three uh i felt like the journey there is not as exciting um there are some growing pains on season two there are some slow moments uh the food competitions the luxury competitions you know some people miss them but um you know when when they're throwing discs into like a bucket in the pool as a competition it's like uh, okay what are we doing not quite although we you know they did tell the house guests about 9-11 during this season which is a big moment Mm. um in the show's history so that's i mean i feel like there was a lot of big moments um that we still even talk about today i mean we got you know they told them about 9-11 there's a toothbrush thing i mean there's dr will i I just feel like there's there are still memorable moments even though this was like basically the first real season of big brother so it's it's legacy still carries on yeah, first real season of Big Brother for me. Uh, actually, I had a rank the lowest out of everybody. I'm sure I had a ranked number sixteen. At a so you're why it was it was not wow. uh, easily getting yeah. there. I I really uh, I like Big Brother two. It scored okay, but it doesn't have like an oh my god moment. Um, and it doesn't have oh a through god. line to me. The narrative to me is a little disjointed, and I can't really follow what's happening in terms of like how like. How am I? And I realize they're editing it in real time, and that obviously holds them back a little bit. They don't know what happens at the end. But I do feel like that the game itself was not as cohesive as it probably could have been. And that's because it's the first real season that they're playing. Um, And also, it was a little boring at times. I didn't watch feeds a ton back then. It was like on Real Player, I think. Um, But I watched them some, and it was just boring as hell because there was literally nothing to do. The HOH won, and they nominated two people and that was it honey i mean one of those two people's going home so this was also back in the day and survivor did this as well where they thought casting homophobic people was called diversity on the show uh and obviously that annoys the shit out of me uh so i didn't really care for that uh bunky wasn't even my favorite gay that they could have cast but uh and i think there's some wallpaper people who are totally forgettable the thing about this season that carries it is the winner and the goat. That is it to me. Like Monica gets third place and yeah, she's got her it's on thing. But other than that, I don't think she was really doing much on the show. Was she makes it to final two. She's the winner of season I two. Know you what imagine? She does because she's so likable, but um, is yeah. she doing a lot to push the show forward? That's, I, what, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that would have been like, uh, I don't know, like if Rudy had won season one of Survivor, right? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, what a difference uh, it could have made. Uh, Melissa, any, any final thoughts on season two? No, just that uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I really, I really love Will. He's like, for sure. 
one of my top two favorite players. Uh, I still haven't decided, but I, I'm I'm I just feel like he's such a character that you can't help but like him, even when he does bad things. He's just so charming, and he's I love the way he is in the diary room, where he brings you in on his his plan like he brings you in on the joke and you feel a part of it and i none of it feels mean-spirited it all feels fun and i i just i really like him and i've been waiting for another dr will to come around and we haven't seen one yet yes where did you end up placing uh season two uh it is number six number six the audience put number two as the our season two as number four the number four season overall. So it's going to end up uh, landing here at number five overall uh, because of Brent. <laughs> um, so there you go. And of course, uh, season two also has a blockumentary done about that one. Uh, that's another very fun uh, uh, blockumentary season uh, to cover. There's a lot of, uh, of great stuff from behind the scenes and stuff that was going on around the, 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 the season and you know what was happening with the reaction of the season that we go into. So a lot to learn if you want to go back and rewatch season two. Uh, I highly recommend the blockumentary to go with it. Interesting so, to note that all three of Janelle's seasons are still left. Ooh. So Ooh. maybe Janelle's favorite player, but you know, actually Dan's seasons are left too. Both of That's his. That's true. Yeah. So the, the two of them. All right. Top four. They've made Top the four, final baby. four. Um, all right. Here we go. Final four. This is going to be very easy to guess because it's only four seasons left. So I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best here. Um, but this one, uh, Melissa is guessing season six. And um, that I'm is season six. Incorrect. Incorrect. Wow. What? 14 yes. then. Season 14. The final mixed season of the show is going to fall here at number four um it, it, it was kind of close between four uh 14 and the next season um but uh but season 14 is gonna land here this is of course the coach season it had dan and janelle and mike boogie and Brittany as returning coaches who eventually became players it had people like willie hance it had uh ian terry uh, it had frank and um danielle and shane and chef joe uh this is an interesting season because it was very compelling at the start, in my opinion. Uh, you had, you know, Frank, uh, who was, you know, going all over the place. You had uh, Willie, who was going all over the place. You had Ian, who very well could have left that first week, but was got immunity. Going all over the place. Um, <laughs> who was also going all over the place, but was very safe. Um, and uh, it was really the saga of like Frank and, you know, just on the block, HOH, on the block, HOH, and winning vetoes and winning competitions left and right. And the coaches, and the the play between them, uh, you know, Dan playing uh, Boogie and Janelle uh, in the middle of those two. And then the coaches enter the game and the, the new players are very, very angry about this. And uh, then, you know, you see, of course, all of the stuff that happens. Janelle goes home, unfortunately. Um, and uh, and then Boogie goes home and um, fantastically. And then Brittany takes control of the game, surprisingly. And Dan is in a lot of trouble. And uh, of course, then we get get 
What is, in my opinion, the best moment of the entire show, Dan's funeral, uh, what he is able to do, uh, <laughs> Danielle, in this game, you're dead to me, you know what you did, uh, hey, Frank, let's go talk upstairs, I've got some Bible passages I want to read to you, uh, and he ah. manages to save himself, and then from that point forward, Dan just runs the show in a very compelling way. And I will say that at the time, there were people that complained about, oh, Dan's now just controlling everything. It's boring. But I think most people, and I think that uh, its placement in the rankings here, will agree that Dan is never really that boring. Uh, oh he God. is never going to leave you not entertained. Uh, even when he's in complete control, he is going to uh, do it in a way that is extremely compelling. And you have you still like you still have moments like what happened when Frank is blindsided, and then you have uh, you have Joe thinking that he's talking to Shane but it's really Dan um, you have uh, Dan trying to get Ian out but Ian is on a competition uh, spree and he can't and so uh, Dan is put in a really uh, uncomfortable situation where he has to lose his goat in Jen and then he's put in a situation at Final Four where he is uh, he has to talk his way off the block in order to betray Danielle to take Shane out and in one of the most Brutal blindsides of the show's history. Brutal. Another top, in my opinion, top three moments of the show. Jason evicting uh, uh, Marcellus, Dan's funeral, and Dan evicting Shane. Like, uh, these are all fantastic moments from the uh, the show. And that was amazing. Really, in my opinion, the big downside to the season, of course, the outcome. Yeah. Dan does not take it home. And uh, and, you know, my case that uh, that I've made many times is that uh, it's entirely because uh, of the coach situation. The players immediately made a pact. We are not going to vote for one of these coaches to win the game and uh, really put the difficulty setting on the season to uh, like five million and then uh, competition outcomes. So on and so forth really made it even more difficult. But all of that difficulty, similar to season eight really made for compelling television because when you put a master of the game in terrible terrible situations you you get beautiful things to happen and that's what we saw in big brother 14 and that's why it's still so high uh even uh, even for me even with the outcome i placed it there at number three for me so yeah it came down a little bit for me i ranked it at number eight and i think that hey, this is probably why the reason why is because my 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 rankings are controlled by the winners, and this winner was not a great winner. This was a satisfying winner. I gave him credit for being satisfying, Ian, I'm talking about, but he's not great. Also, no tea, but it's really hard to give my honest opinion when I'm doing like shows with Ian on a Thursday night on a, on a weekly basis, which I was doing back in the day, the last time I did these rankings, and now I'm not. Ian, I love you. You're great, but I didn't feel like your game really stood the test of time. Dan should have won that season. It had everything. It had the oh my god moment. Like a couple of them actually really should give it more points for that. But it really has oh my god moment at the final four when Dan evicts Frank. Uh, and the other thing about Dan is that he knows how to give good television. He's not somebody like Vanessa when she evicts Austin in 17 and is like Austin I evict you and then spends a minute and a half explaining why she did it. Dan gives a speech and he says you know I evict you know, Shane, 
girl by and like i mean it's like boom and he, dan he, says girl by well i didn't say girl by. <laughs> said, like it, that's the that's the effect he knows how to put a punctuation on the end of a goddamn sentence and i really appreciate that uh other than that though i do feel like the show really needs to be called out for the coach's twist at the beginning <clears throat> sorry i'm losing my voice i love this i love the season so much i ranked it at number eight overall out of 20 and the reason it came down was because the winner wasn't great and the negative of the twist in the beginning, the coaches twist and also the reset that brought the coaches into the game. People forget that Frank was dead to rights at the point in time that the reset happened. He would have been eliminated and that would have changed the entire course of the game. But because the reset happened to happen that week, then everything that happened prior to that week was totally reset. The coaches came into the game and you guys know the rest. So I feel like it gets negative points for that. Overall, though, it's a really great season of Big Brother that really would be in my top five, if not for the winner. This this was such a great season, uh, especially on a rewatch, which I just did. Um, I ranked it number four. Uh, I mean, Dan is absolutely amazing, but you also have such a great cast. Everyone. I mean, I love the four coaches. Uh, they're all very fun to watch. If you're going to bring back some returnees, at least make them fun to watch. At least make them ones you want to see back. And and they definitely did with this. I mean, we got some amazing people. I was sad that Janelle left so early. Um, I, you know, Dan's funeral, amazing, absolutely amazing. That is what I show people when I want to show them like a cool, awesome, well-played big brother moment. And when I want to show them what the game is really about, and it's not about the fighting, it's not about the yelling, it's not about the drama. Like that is what the show is about to me. And uh, so that I loved, I mean, and Dan knows how to craft good TV from that. I mean, the way he talked about it, I just love when he says, you know, he tells Frank, I brought this Bible not to read to you, uh, but to swear on it. And I love that moment. I love when he does that like movie, like movie script line where he says, and he also says like, we formed an alliance, not with four people, but with five people. And then Frank's like, Ian. And it's just like, ah, it's just so amazing how he does that where he's like, not with this, but with that. And that is like from a movie script. He knows um, how to play the drama. Right, absolutely. That is like totally. Yeah. And and I loved it so much. It just was like, it it hits you in the heart. You're like, oh, it, <laughs> it's just such a good moment. Um, And then another great moment that I had forgotten about was Boogie's eviction. You know, when yes. he, Ian's all like, you know, get to stepping and Boogie's pissed and he goes out there and he sees the goodbye messages. And that's a goodbye message that you want to give to somebody because it turned Boogie around and he's clapping for Ian by the end because Ian says, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, he says, look, you're, I, I grew up watching you. You're a great player. Now here comes the hard part. I was in this other alliance. We formed da da da. I masterminded your eviction or whatever he said. And then he says, you know, I learned from the best. And Boogie is like, clapping for him at that point he's like oh gotta give it to him and i was like, great i'm yeah. like beaming as i'm watching this because i just thought it was such a great moment i mean that is where you turn a juror around is your goodbye messages and you know adam from big brother canada he really uh he was able to do that very well this past season and and this is a prime example ian doing this of turning a juror around when when they're pissed when they leave and you get them smiling for you at the end so um i just thought this whole season very well done. Uh, I loved it so much. Um, one thing I did want to ask, because I didn't, I wasn't a feeder during this time. So um, when Dan was doing the, or when he was in solitary confinement before the funeral, was he talking to the cameras or was he sitting there silently? 
And then was, like all of a sudden he just came out and everyone's like, whoa. He was silent. Like he would, he would, he would like, uh, I think he would make an occasional like comment here and there, but he was not like explaining what was but about he wasn't to happen. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like it was a surprise to everybody. People were, people really thought that he was sick when he came because he was acting yeah. sick and people were like, Oh, he's, he's sick. Uh, but then he like, you know, like looked up and, and gave us a, a look like uh, I've got something planned and people oh were like, <laughs> he's got something planned. Like he can get out of this situation. What an idiot um and uh so crazy. i wish i was watching feed oh, during that time that would have been amazing to see truly that that whole sequence on the feeds uh, made it worth watching any amount of bad big brother <laughs> is is that that whole thing made the entire uh show um in my opinion um yeah, and really, was, again, uh, like the the people that they chose to bring back, I think there's a reason why that all of those other mixed seasons are down at the very bottom. And this one is uh, near the top because you brought back Janelle, Janelle. Mike Boogie, oh Brittany Haynes and Dan Giesling. All amazing uh, players in their own right. Amazing players, amazing characters uh, like these are the kinds of people you need to bring back. And unfortunately, again, I think the way that they did it, the the coach twist in particular, they really burned Boogie, who really did not think he was going to be playing in that season. And it ended up burning Dan because it pissed off the house guests that they ended up joining the game. Um, and I think the outcome really it, it signaled to a lot of alumni that, hey, maybe I don't want to come back. I really feel like season 14 ruined returning players for big brother. And I think the outcome in particular, the fact that Dan played the game he did and then lost uh, six to one. That's why we're not getting Derek back on the show. That's why we're not getting Dan or Will or Vanessa. Like these people are not coming back because they saw what happened uh, when they did it. And I feel like it really just like put that out into the atmosphere that like, if you if you're coming back, you'd better be, you know, uh, Nicole, uh, yeah. you know, a, a, a James, um, you know, uh, these people that uh, that did not have successful times out their first time and they've got something to prove now. Um, and and I and I feel like, unfortunately, that's where we stand now. And and uh, and again, all of these other mixed seasons have players like that um, who uh, who are, you know, a mixed season is hard to pull off if you're going to pull it off you need absolute top tier players and if you don't it's not going to work i think about how it could have been if they would have just brought these four people in and made them you know players but also yep. mentors like like you know yeah you can still do the teams thing that they had at the beginning make them mentors but like i don't know there, there has to be a where like you like if you bring in four returning players, you might lose one. You may lose two in the pre-jury, but you're going to get some people through. You're going to have some good TV. I don't know why that they didn't go with something like that. Just to clear up something really quickly, Ian was talking to Boogie. That was pretty amazing. Boogie was actually pre-jury. He wasn't technically jury, but still the fact remains that, that Ian knew how to do a goodbye message for, and for everybody after that. And that's why he was so well-liked in the end. Uh, mm -hmm. I, it's not that I hate on Ian for not being somebody that the jury couldn't award. Somebody... The, the money to rightfully he was certainly had a had the social game to back it up and the comp wins as well it's just that i felt like he really didn't know what was happening in the game and he didn't know what was happening in the game the only point in time where he was vulnerable was at the final four but by then dan was more worried about breaking up the showman it's like the whole time dan was trying to get at ian for like from like eight on after dan was finally saved in the game once he got frank eliminated and then 
once there was a point where Ian was vulnerable, Dan has to worry more about the uh, Frank and Danielle of it all. So, yeah, that's why uh, Ian made it to the end. And he's a satisfying winner, but not a great winner of the game. Yes. Uh, so there you go. Big Brother 14 at number... Uh, sorry, the audience put Big Brother 14 at number five overall. Um, and uh, I had it at number three. Brent, you had it at number eight? Is that right? Sorry, uh, Big Brother... Whoa, whoa, 14. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 14. I had it... At, where, where the hell is it? Oh, yeah, I had it at number eight. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Melissa? Four. Number four. So there you go. Uh, but overall, it's going to be at number four. Number four. So, final three. Here we go. Are you guys ready? What is the number three season? Has to be. Has to be number six. Season six is number three. Yes, of course. Six. It has to be because it is. Season six is the number three season. I will say this is a little higher than I expected, even though it is such a classic season. But uh, I, I feel like to the casual audience, like this is the pinnacle of uh like casual audience loves this season because it has the best heroes for the season and the like most evil villains like it's just such a mm -hmm. story of two sides clashing one is uh full of goodness and caserness and the other <laughs> is full of badness and cappiness um and uh it's it's really it, it came in it was a season that had uh pairs um it uh which usually doesn't work very well but they were secret pairs uh, that did not remain a secret for very long um but uh it had of course Kaser and Janelle and Howie and James and Sarah and um and Maggie and Yvette and uh and all of all of these people it's uh, and Cappy of course and it was a season that was just so full of drama it has another great moment as uh Trisha just pointed out in the chat mm -hmm. I sealed your partner's fate um oh, that's when such a good line Yes. Oh, oh such like, a great you moment. He's my fate case. Or he's like, no, I sealed your partner's fate. The look on her oh. face. After the chess no. competition. Oh, and like when they Cappy. started devising, you know, how, how to could you? them in the chat, how to rig the chess game. Uh, Vito, I honestly, it was, it was a good season. I mean, we had, I mean, clearly we had a lot of great players who we still remember to this day. I mean, they brought back most of them for all stars. Um, or at least that whole alliance. Uh, and, yeah, you know, they didn't, they didn't bring back a vet. She got left at the doorstep. <laughs> no, we still remember, you know, these players. We've got Janelle, we've got Howie, Kaser, James, like all these players, we still remember. Um, and, and I think that's huge. That's a super important part of a show is like, are there memorable characters that come out of it? And there totally are. And I, you know, I love the split house um, where it's like, and it's pretty evenly matched. It goes back and forth. And then there's, you know, deception where one person goes from one side to the other. And th that is, you know, a very entertaining season. So I, I really liked big brother six. It's hard to pull off the split house. I think because when there's a split house, the strategy can really just go by the wayside. Um, and we've seen that happen a few times. Uh, it's, it's two sides against each other. It's just a matter of which one wins a competition. And then once they win the competition, 
There you go. Uh, Big Brother 20 managed to avoid this because of how crazy that gameplay was and how they were constantly getting one over on Faute. Uh, season six managed to uh, to get through this largely. And I will give uh, the credit for this to James, I think, because there was this wild card in the middle that was winning yep. vetoes all the time and keeping things interesting between the two sides. And so it was going back and forth. There were lies that were happening. Maggie was uh, manipulating people. Uh, and of course, you get the infamous Howie HOH where uh, Maggie convinces him to not go after them, not go after the friendship, but instead go after that middle piece. And that is the, uh, in my opinion, the the single move that, uh, that, that clinched the win there for the friendship um, as they start to decimate the rest of the sovereign six also, they um, had, this was pressure cooker pressure cooker right? yes was another caser came back into the game cooker. and uh was offered a deal um and which that maggie was a huge part of um and uh and then maggie of course convinces i can't remember her name um which she deserves jennifer. uh for what she did yeah jennifer jennifer uh, Gen- jennifer Gen or blow jen what, jennifer yeah. offers caser a deal which she meant at the time that he would not touch the block would not be going home during her HOA train. Maggie, of course, is going to convince her to go back on her word there. Um, and uh, she's going to send Kaser right back out the door, um, m- making Jennifer uh, quite the hated figure in hey. Big Brother lore. Yeah, and people love Kaser. They love Kaser. This is like uh, this is like the age of mythology in Big Brother. Like this is like uh, these people are not real. In mm-hmm. the way that some other people are like these people are uh, like romantic figures in a in a mythology text like uh, Kaser and and the friendship and yeah. uh, all of this stuff that happened. It was just it was so it was so great. compelling it was so great. I always say television works best when it has heroes and villains. And this season out of any season of Big Brother really had both of them to a T. Just as a quick aside, I don't know if either one of you have ever listened to Rob Sisternino's conversation with April Lewis. She, he actually had her on the podcast. I think she was recapping. I had her on the Karen show. Was it that too? Okay, so uh, she's she's great, and it's so funny, like watching or listening to her now and like watching her at the time because she was part of the villains. She was part of that villain squad. I mean, I kind of liked her, but you know, every time Jennifer, every time Janelle got something, there was April on the sidelines going, you know, like she doesn't deserve it. How how could she? Like, she was her. like the, the the best of them in my opinion. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was still part of it though. Anyway, Wait, I mean, Janelle got the call home right, and she yeah. asked, like, "Did Brittany have her baby? Yeah, or something like that." Was the question she had, and they were like so upset. Well, they all had family, and she got a call from Michael, who was like the second guy out because remember she was screwing around with him at the time. Oh yeah. yeah, no, but weren't they like they were super pissed that she won that, and then also like she used she won something time. else. Well, she used that time to ask. Did Britney have her baby yet or something like Britney Spears? Oh, Britney Spears. I don't know. Yeah, she won like all the audience votes and they were so, so pissed. And they They, like because they thought that they were the uh, the fact that the Janelle was liked by America was incomprehensible to them. Um, And, uh, you know, you had other things like uh, like James telling them that the feeds aren't on in the HOH room. Oh, Um, yeah. And uh, it was I mean, it was a crazy time. Um, And it's it's just it's such it's such a it was the season for me 
growing up uh i i fell in love with the show because of dr will i kept watching the show through four through five and i was vaguely interested but season six is when i was like no caser no (laughs) no no yeah he was on like i remember he was on like i don't think it was my cover of tv guide but he there was an article about him in tv guide when he was eventually evicted from the house a second time based on how much america absolutely just fell in love with the guy my mom loved caser yeah he was, was obsessed with Kaser. Easy on the eyes and somebody who was an all around good guy. I mean, of course, if he's in control of the house and, you know, like the other people are fighting from the bottom up, we're probably going to view him as a little bit of a villain. But that's not how things were going at the time. Uh, the, other, the other thing is that the people from the friendship, they really had no idea how they were being perceived by the outside world. They thought that all of their shit was something that America would like. And in reality, it was everything you hated about your childhood with the clickiness of it all and the we're better than them kind of thing. It uh, they were great villains and uh, annoyingly so, but they were great villains. And then the people on the other side, I feel like Janelle really em- embraced her. I don't know if she knew she was a hero at the time. Well, she was getting all those American. Yeah, folks. I know, I know. They, she, like, she, she definitely was like, "We're we're the good guys here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she definitely viewed that as that. And then when she said "bye bye bitches," that was just like iconic. And then they're like, "Well, it's, we're still alive. We're still alive." Which of course nobody cares at that point. Yes, I wins Hoh and throw and jumps into Howie's arms. Taryn. Oh, yeah. I've watched that clip a million times. I was so I was I was 13, I believe, at the time. And season 6 is the one and only season I have ever watched. And granted I was 13, but it's the <laughs> only one where I was watching and not really paying a whole lot of attention to the strategy because I was mostly just like, yeah, you get him, Janelle. Yes. Yes, you get him. Like, I, that was me. That was I was one of those people watching season six. And I think everyone was. That's the power everyone of season was. six. And I don't know when I go back, when I go back to rewatch season six, I become that person again. Because it hasn't lost its power. It's still compelling. It is still fantastic. And that's why I think it's so high. Totally. It was just the the rise and fall of every HOH, man. It was just it like HOH, they're always a big deal, but it felt like even more so this season. Mm -hmm. It was just so well done. Like, I think some of the gameplay, like aside from Maggie, uh, some of it was a little bit paint by numbers because whichever side won HOH is like, well, you know, the other side's going home. So, you know, who are we going to pick kind of thing? But on the other hand, I think some of the stuff that you saw from Maggie and a few other players really makes up for it. Even Janelle, I, she can be a little bit not great in the strategy department at times, but she did win her way to the end to a point where they couldn't even touch her. They couldn't even beat her anymore. I remember that Final Four competition. She absolutely slayed everybody, and she continued that on into Big Brother All-Stars, which I'm sure we're going to talk about very soon. Yes. And and uh, and I think for me, like now that I'm older and more mature and care, you know, I do care about the strategy. Maggie was a fantastic player and she was a fantastic winner. And I think that that is another part of the season um, that that it, it's not just a shallow, you know, two sides of the house, all drama season, because there was a mastermind behind it all. And she is one of the best winners that we've ever seen play the game. And what she was able to do in that season, manipulating her own side, manipulating the other side, uh, getting the win in the end was was great. It was great. Um, so there's really not a whole lot that you can say, hey, this season lacked this because it there wasn't much that it lacked. It, it has it all it has it all. Yeah. 
All I, right. I put it at number five. Yes. yes. I, ha- I had it. Yeah. What I, did I, I think I said yes. I had it at, uh, where's it at? Season six is at number five. Oh, no, number three overall for U.S. seasons. Number three overall. Sorry. There you go. It's number six for me, um, just because I have uh, two and three above it. Um, but uh, but still very high. And the audience had season six at number three overall. Number three. All right. Now it's time. The final two. It's time for the jury vote. Uh, here we go. Now I can tell you the all of these other ones uh i had i hadn't really been paying attention to i hadn't really seen where they landed in the audience vote but these two were in the top two every time i refreshed the page to see if people were doing the form and they were flipping back and forth in the number one spot all week long uh and they are still incredibly close um this is a very very close top two here um i can say that um it did end up uh you know one of these seasons ended up kind of running away with it toward the end uh did did manage to take a lead that was not topped um and i can say that three of the four people here uh had the same season in the number one spot uh one of the people here being the audience um and that number one season is season 10 season seven all-stars as the number two season overall uh melissa you were the one that is that is left out. Everybody had the number one and two spots as ten and seven, uh, except for Melissa, who I believe had seven and then ten. Um, so yeah. we'll talk about all stars. But it was first. very close. So I'm not I'm not like what I, I was flipping back and forth, too. And eventually I just I just had to pick. All right. So, yes, we'll talk about all stars first. Um, I can say the uh, the final score from from the audience in the uh the final two uh spots here 26.5 to 26.43 and that's one of the wider gaps between these two it was often 0.03 a difference between the two of them from the audience um so quite a close vote here but big brother 10 is going to take it but let's talk about all stars first um because it's i mean second place still an amazing season. Uh, of course, this is the all-star season. It should be amazing because it has all of the best people. Most of the best people, at least. Uh, you got Danielle. You've got Allison. You've got uh, Dr. Will. Uh, Mike Boogie. Kaser. Janelle. Um, you know, take or leave Howie. Um, he's definitely a character. Uh, you've got Marcellus. You've got... Uh, Nicomis. Nicomis. Diane. Diane. Jace. All Allison. of the, yes. Erica becomes a very big Erica. player in this season. There's no filler in this mm-hmm. season. It is the only season that you can really just say there's no filler well, at all except for Chicken George. Chicken George. Um, <laughs> so there's no filler except for one. Um, and and that's so good because every single vote is an event. You know these people ahead of time. Um, I think that, you know, in the in the debate between season seven and season 10, uh, All Stars has a huge leg up in terms of like 
This is the all-time best casting that you can possibly have because you have your pick of the litter from the first seven seasons. All of these people are willing to come back. I don't think there was anyone that they really wanted that declined. Um, and uh, and they they have all of these great characters, and they have a season that plays out amazingly. Um, you have all of these people from season six that the entire audience is rooting for because at this point it's like Doctor Who. Um, you know, it's all about Kaser and Janelle. Um, but then Doctor Will wins the audience over again. Again, uh, as he demolishes season six after they get rid of season five, um, you have some fantastic moments. You have Jace and the uh, the blow up inner tube. You've got Jedi Howie versus uh, versus Dr. Will and plastic surgery comments. You've got Chicken George doing raps and winning vetoes uh, that he has to go on slop for the whole season. You've got Dr. Will saying, I hate you all. You've got. Will flipping Janelle against the rest of season six, you know, planting a, uh, a divide in between her and James. You've got the Legion of Doom with James Ryan, Daniel Reyes and Chilltown as an alliance uh, with Chilltown actually secretly playing them the whole time. You've got uh, the moment with Erica uh, and Danielle where Danielle is ringing the doorbell, knocking on the door to the HOH and she can't get in. Um, you've you've got Operation Double Date. There's it's I can't even <laughs> okay. tell you everything that happened because there's so Many so much good and parts to this Karen, season. The best part is the one twist that they tried to introduce to the game totally blew up in their face because the guy who won it was Mike Boogie. He didn't use it week one or week two. He had three weeks to use it. Week one, week two, didn't use it. Third week, he's HOH. So the twist totally goes unused. I was living <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, I will backtrack a little bit. He actually did use the twist during Chicken George's HOH week. He basically used the threat of the twist to strong arm Chicken George into nominating Howie, which is what uh, Boogie and Mike, Boogie and Will, rather, sorry, wanted him to do, which was brilliant gameplay. Well, what Boogie wanted him to do. Will was, well, yeah. Will was in his own world at the time. Yeah, well, I also remember that this is the season where things might have gone differently if Dr. Will would have just given Janelle what she wanted, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've talked about the the final four. I feel like the the big mistake, the obvious mistake that uh, that Dr. Will and Boogie make here is that they both approach each of Janelle and Erica saying, uh, you know, Erica wants you out. Oh, sorry, Janelle wants you out. We want to keep you, but it's Erica or it's Janelle. Uh, instead of doing Operation Double Date and playing it as pairs. Uh, they approached as a, as a couple themselves. Really, uh, of course, once the other person wins the veto, it really puts them in a tough spot because they know that they have to go to the other person. And so yep. Janelle and Erica end up talking and exposing what's happening there with Dr. Will and Boogie. And that is why, in my opinion... The season is not number one, but number two. It's because of what happens there oh, at the final four. So infuriating. The final Karen, three. Can you imagine a world where they keep up the facade of the double date and it's still Boogie and Erica against Will and Janelle? If that had continued on, they would have gotten rid of Erica at the final four. They go to the final three. Well, Erica, Erica won, right? No, Erica. Or no, didn't sorry, yeah, Janelle four. won. Janelle, Janelle won to convince Erica. Uh, yeah. Convinced Janelle. Yeah. So yeah, Erica, Erica's Erica gone. Have, Erica was almost gone at final five if Dr. Will doesn't break his finger on the mm-hmm. stupid rope. But then seriously, uh, Erica would have been eliminated at the final four. Uh Boogie. Final three and, of Chilltown and Janelle. Oh my God. And, uh. and, 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 and in this in this spot, because Erica won the endurance competition, 
it, the way things work out and, and, and Boogie was in such a weird state at the time, like he was blindsided by Will's eviction. If that doesn't happen, I think he actually does hold on to the thing, to the key and have, makes a run at winning that endurance competition against Erica. And in part two, it was such a, uh, plus, uh, yeah, in part two, if, if it's Will against Janelle, I think Will has a shot to win and it's Boogie and Dr. Will in the, in the final part three of HOH. Like, I really feel like that's a possibility if they don't drop the ball. God, what is it with people dropping the ball at the end, man? <sighs> yeah. Uh, like, I feel like that's, and for me, I think that's why uh, all stars is is at that number two spot and um you know it's it's hard to to blame anyone but uh but chill town themselves you know it's like uh why 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 do that uh and i know why they did it because they they were playing up for the cameras like they they were having fun with it that's what they had been doing all season um part of what makes will so fun is that i don't think he fully cares mm-hmm. like 100 percent I think he went in like whatever. And then when he made it that far, he was like, oh, actually, <laughs> um, I might have a shot at this. Hold on yeah. here. Uh, but he was still in his kind of like, uh, like free flowing ways. And they just, uh, they were a little too free, free flowing. But, but man, in terms of the feeds, uh, Dr. Will is even more entertaining than Dan in terms so of the, like him in, in downtime. Uh, he's always doing something. When he plays something. with the camera, when he talks to Howie, I mean, the whole thing. Well, he's when he's so not complaining, he's always too <laughs> let me say this like it, the, the hardest thing in show business to do is to top yourself because people always remember your last act and dr will along with dan mm-hmm. did that they topped themselves the second time around obviously neither one of them won but they put up a hell of a show and it was so fun to watch it was really amazing watching dr will and janelle sitting in third and fourth place when you're really wishing it could be the two of them at the end or maybe you know will and boogie at the end that's really why it fell on my rankings because i did give it across the board points for everything it has a satisfying winner not a great winner. Boogie is a, an amazing Big Brother player, but at the time, he wasn't the right winner for me for that season. It was supposed to be Dr. Will or, at the very least, Janelle. Uh, I couldn't accept Boogie at the time, and it just left, it left a bad taste in my mouth looking at those two sitting up in the final two. Yes, uh, and, I mean, you also have to remember the phone calls. Um, the phone calls, uh, Dr. Will just in general in the diary room. I mean, he'd spend hours in there perfecting his diary room sessions and it showed like he is so good in there. Uh, you know, he really, really entertained us the whole way through uh, in, a, in a season of all stars. He was the star of that season and, uh, and really, really made it happen, made it, made it so entertaining and so fun. Um, you know, if you haven't seen all stars you haven't seen big brother you haven't yeah totally i think that's the season i would i would probably recommend to people over all the others although you know it's not as it's not as great when you haven't seen them play before i think but at the same time like it just is a quintessential big brother season it's just so great yeah all right. So as I mentioned, uh, I, Brent, I believe you had it number two. I had it number two. The audience had it number two. Melissa, you had it number one. And uh, we're going to move on. I gave on it the to... edge because I, I mean, it's, it's an all-star cast. That's why I gave it the edge is that everybody in the season is just so great. 
there are no duds. So, you know, that's why. There you go. All right. So let's move on to our number one season ranked number one by myself, Brent and the audience. Season 10 of Big Brother. The uh, back to basics. Huh? Oh, no twists. Weird. Weird. It's an all new cast. You two in stereo. No twists. Great players. What's going on here? Such a good season. Honestly, I'm so glad I did a rewatch because I didn't quite remember it very well. Like I knew that Dan was really good and I liked him as a player, but I didn't remember that anyone else in the house was good. And I didn't remember what it took to get him that win. So I was I would have rated it a lot lower had I not done the rewatch, but I did the rewatch and I was totally blown away. It was such a great season. It totally stands up on another watch. And I mean, there are so many people in the house who are really good players. And I think that that Dan had some competition. I mean, obviously, Dan's like amazing, but. You know, there was actual competition there. My mind apparently had like mixed it around. Oh, yeah. where it was just like it. There was no competition, and it was, he was just this close. Well, yeah. yeah. In my mind, I thought like, oh, this is just Dan's season. He just like walked away with it, and no one else did anything about it. But then I oh, rewatched no. and was like, whoa, okay, that's pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, I that, mean, this was a great season. Look, I, Taryn has talked a, a lot about some of these seasons up front. I want to take Big Brother 10 really quickly because I just have to, have to tell you guys, it's the only season, like I said, that scored across the board on all of my rankings and has a great winner and no shitty twist that holds mm-hmm. it back. So many, oh my God, moments. The uh, mm-hmm. replacement veto roulette that Dan played just so amazing uh, and not only that as melissa says he really had to navigate his way through this he was america's player during week four i think he accepted the challenge for one week to win like twenty thousand dollars and that was the week that jesse went home uh just like another oh my god i can't believe that happened moment then right after that uh, uh once once jesse goes home michelle wins hoh all hell breaks loose in the house the house splits in two they have the iconic Keisha's birthday where they sing happy birthday to her. And they actually aired it on the episode, which back then they didn't because you couldn't hear happy birthday because the royalties were so high, but they paid for it this time and shelled out the box because it was such a great moment on the show of them singing some really forlorn like off key version of happy birthday. Uh, Dan, Dan, the thing about Dan is that we were able to follow his journey from the beginning. We watched him uh, with his number one ally, Brian, being totally hoodwinked by the rest of the house during week one, Dan's all by himself. Then he's nominated against Steven, survives unanimously against Steven. Throws the veto while yeah. he's on the block. While he's on the block during week two, he's playing the big game. He, we, we, he really could have been forgotten if he goes evicted in this spot, but he's playing the long game. Like, I, I came here to win, period, end of story. And in order to do that, I have to appear weak to the rest of the house. And after week two, like after the veto takes place, he's forgotten. Nobody's remembering Dan until the, the America's favorite player twist happens. And he had promised Jesse that he wouldn't evict him, I think, with his cross or something. But he took it off. Something about his he was wearing the necklace with the cross. I'm sure you remember, Taryn. 
Uh, but I, he said he took it off when he made the promise. Whatever, mm. I didn't care. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate too because some of his best work took place week three, week four. Um, you know, playing these two big groups against each other, and then of yeah. course he ends up being the swing vote uh, as America's vote as well. Yeah. Uh, which which was yeah, huge. and he was praying, and he was like, he was basically telling his allies like, I'm going to vote with you to evict Jesse, and he thinks that America's with him, but he doesn't know. Like his vote's being controlled by America. He basically is putting his faith in us. And I feel like he had a little bit of a clue because when we voted for him to have to tell a sad story or wait, wait, he had to do something with Jesse or like, was it a hug? Yeah, he had to he had to get Jesse to hug him for like seconds or something. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. That, so he might have had a little clue that that was the person who we wanted uh, to get rid of. I think we even had to we voted for him to get Jesse nominated that week as well. So he had a clue that we wanted Jesse out of the house. Still, though, it's a lot to put into. Also, uh, this cannot be understated. The week that Rennie was H.O.H., was an absolute like mind fuck for Dan. Like he had to put up with this woman who's HOH, who he like, it's basically like, you should do this. And she's talking about, well, maybe I put up Memphis on the block. I don't really like Memphis. And yeah, that, that might be a good idea. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to put up uh, Ollie on the block. She, she will not put up Ollie on the block, even though she should, she wants to get April out of, out of the house, but she won't do it. And Dan, like he can't force her to because she's crazy enough. She might just turn around and say, Dan, you go on the block. So like all the stuff you had to put up with to get to the end of the game, man. And then like somehow getting Memphis to take the blame for Keisha being eliminated at the final four, that double eviction was amazing. They tied twice. Or I think they tied at the end of the, uh, the first round. Then they tied again at the end of the second tiebreaker, her and Jerry, if Jerry wins that Dan and Keisha are up on the block in the double eviction instead of, uh, Jerry and Ollie, and also just the fact that they cast Jerry in the game. Like uh, I forget how old he was at the time. Uh, maybe it'll tell me here on Wiki. But to, he was. Uh, let's see, how old was Jerry? Seventy uh, something, I think. Uh, yeah, he was. I was right. He was seventy five years old. Seventy five years yeah. old. Yeah, seventy five years old when he played Big Brother. The fact that they and cast he lasted him, so long in these so like, long. endurance competitions, and, everything. and he was in there fighting with people. Like he was. Oh, he was. Yes. Jodas and he's like you're going home him up you're, you're going, going home. home you're going home and his voice was always so scratchy so it was just like please you're gonna like break your voice box and he's just like flipping him off I like mean, right from week one he's hoh he swears yeah. on his like uh military thing and uh and he has to betray that like this season starts off with a bang probably in my opinion probably the best first week of a season ever um it, what happens there and and it just it it continues to get better each week uh, and then he also first game. earthquake yeah the earthquake <laughs> first yeah. And only yeah they had an actual earthquake then then they had the fake earthquake with the house shaking in that hoh competition that april won <laughs> yeah um, like but, right uh, after that Dan wins the competition to take a trip outside the house, but he doesn't tell the other house guests that it's he can bring a juror with them. I think he actually tells them, well, I could have brought one of you three, but I decided not to, which they actually bought. I couldn't believe that. Uh, if I was one of the other three, I'd have been pissed. I'm like, you couldn't have at least picked one of us? You tell a small yeah. lie to sell the big one. I know, right? Uh, so uh, he, he gets Michelle and uh, he is able to make up with her. I don't know if she would have voted for him anyway. Obviously, he won 7-0. to zero. But uh, it was nice that he was able to do that. Michelle, somebody who I 
her, the fact that her and Keisha have not been asked back for another season of Big Brother is an absolute travesty. I think I had Michelle as like number one on my list of people that should have been brought back to Big Brother originally when we did the you know best players to never come back uh, podcast. Uh, she's fantastic. She's such a fireball. She's hot. She's outspoken. She's competitive. What more do you want, Big Brother? Ask her back. Anyway. Yeah, let me just let me just read the cast and tell me to stop when there's a dud. Dan, Memphis, Jerry, Rennie, Ollie, Michelle, April, Libra, Jesse, Angie, Stephen, Brian. Angie and Stephen are maybe the only two yeah. that you could say yeah. maybe yeah. they're done. They were evicted right away, but they, they, they were evicted yeah. so fast you never got to see uh, yeah. what they were capable of. And, and Angie was kind of fun, and Stephen showed some signs of maybe he being sh- fun as well. He showed a lot, Tam. <laughs> Also, quick correction. I was wrong on the earthquake thing. There was another earthquake on Big Brother 19 that I had forgotten about. Mm. Not that that matters or affects our rankings, but just wanted to throw it out okay. there. because That was a fun moment at Big Brother 19. Oh, and Jerry falling in the pool. Oh my yeah, God. when they were looking at the banner or whatever. Molly being afraid of birds. <laughs> there was oh. so much. I've, 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 like, I bought this season on Amazon just so I could go back and watch it at various points because it was just so great. And like, well, we're with Dan from the beginning because he's such an underdog and he's like the coach of like a small town football and he works at the Bible uh, he, well, I forget what he does. He works at a Catholic school or something, right? Yeah, he's a coach, he's a teacher. Football yeah, he's coach. a teacher and a coach, right? Teacher and a coach. And coach we do, we we fall in love with him from the start, and he just goes on to win. It was just like wow, like we, we never get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, never Such get the storybook ending that you want. And we were with him for every step of the way, and and not only getting the win, but doing so masterfully in an extremely entertaining way and with a cast of of extremely competitive characters uh it's it's so good you know he he makes he makes the deal with ollie to uh to take the hoh when and then goes back on his word um and yeah. the, he he convinces memphis to play double agent with various people and then has memphis betray them uh he preps the jury on their way out to be mad at memphis in various ways um in the jury questioning when they're like hey dan it kind of seemed like uh nomination roulette was was a little over the top it was a little extreme why did you really need to do that and he pulls this line right out of his ass he's just like look i needed something to convince the memphis that the jury hated me uh, I needed Memphis to take me to the end, and so I needed to do something big in public to show that the people will be mad at me in the in the jury house. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you're so smart, Dan." So smart. Um, and it's just uh, there's there's no weak point at any yeah. point in the Plus, season. I love the fact that Dan walks you through what he's doing mm-hmm. throughout the entire time, like in the right diary. From the start. Yeah. Like, he's like, this is why I'm throwing these competitions. I need to appear weak, blah, 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 blah. And he know he has an idea of what he's doing the whole time. And he lets us in on it. And I think that's the key is letting us yep. in on it and not lying about it. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why we were, I was most upset, at least at Derek during his season, I felt like he was lying to us and the DR like, oh, I wish I could keep them. And I'm trying my hardest to keep them but I just can't do it or whatever. Well, we knew that was a lie when he was trying to get them out. And it was like, Dan was finally telling us the truth. Like Dan was telling us the truth. Whereas other people in the DR, they try and put on a good appearance or whatever. And they're not letting us in on the secrets. So that's 
one of the main reasons why I love Dan so much. Yeah, there's zero revisionist history to what Dan does. And and like, you know, talking about Dan as a player, too, which which, you know, obviously uh, goes into how great the seasons are. But with a, a lot of the Big Brother, in fact, almost all of the Big Brother players, we are analyzing their game kind of after the fact, kind of like, mm-hmm. well, assuming this was their intention, they succeeded right. here and, you know, they did they did something that worked to make them do this right with Dan. You saw every every bit of it. He would say in week one. All right. Well, I'm screwed. So what I need to do is I need to be the one vote to keep Brian, not because I'm actually loyal to Brian, but to show people that I'm just a loyal guy that got cut up in a big mess. Uh, and then the next week, you've got Jesse like, man, that Dan, he's a loyal guy. He just got cut up in a big mess. I can tell because he voted to keep Brian around. That's a loyal guy right there. And then Dan says, now I'm on the block, but I'm going to throw this veto because I know I'm safe. And it's the only time Dan is ever on the block post veto and he receives zero eviction votes. And from that point forward, they all see Dan as a weak player who can't win competitions. Um, he 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 says what he's going to do and then he does it and he you see the effect of it and that is extremely rare in big brother uh almost always you see somebody doing something and then being like look how good i am see all the things that i did to make this happen um and it's and that's what makes him so compelling it's what makes his seasons so compelling uh and and this is the one one of the few seasons to me that the end game was just as good as the game leading up to it it never slowed down it in it in, in some ways it got even better um as as dan and memphis continued to play uh keisha and rennie and jerry uh it's it's just it's it's good all the way through it yep. was fantastic and they had their own little nickname for the two of them and it was so fun the to Renegades. watch and I, I fell in love with Memphis too I mean like I was rooting for him as well like I wanted to see the two of them at the end of course I wanted to see Dan win Memphis get second like I want like everything happened the way we wanted it to it was almost like a set of fairy tale it was just fantastic to watch by the way the chat is like make sure you give Keisha for props for being a great mm-hmm. big brother player I did I said I can't believe she hasn't been asked back yet she was fantastic to watch obviously strategy wise uh, she really needed to realize that these two boys were closer than they were number one and number two that they were probably going to keep Jerry over her if given the chance that never really entered her psyche until Memphis basically told her oh, look I'm getting rid of you here and she's like oh, oh, I can't believe it when really she should have seen it coming so uh, I have to, I have to clock her a little bit for that. Yes. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, that's our rankings. Uh, let's just quickly go through the overall list here. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna list the numbers. I'm not gonna say number one, number two, cause it's gonna take too long. Uh, so first season 10, then seven, six, 14, two, three, eight, 12, 17, 20, 5, 4, 16, 15, 13, 18, 11, 19, 9, and 1. That's, cool. uh, that's the U.S. seasons. I like um, it. So we will, of course, be adding in the Canadian seasons, the over the top, the celebrity. We're going to be doing that. Not tonight because it's already one in the morning. Yeah, we got to go. I got to go to the gym. 
<laughs> so, so what are we going to do with this? Because I will just tell you, spoiler alert, uh, two of the Big Brother Canada seasons are in my top five. And I have a lot to say about them, but, uh, you know, we can't get to it now. That's fine. So are we going to do another podcast at a later time or? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We're going to do another podcast. We're going to add it into the master list. We're going to give you the list of 30 overall that, uh, that we started to give you, uh, and then went to the 20 because that was easier for this one. But, uh, so we're going to place it in. Um, so, so yes, there, there will be seasons that get added into, uh, you know, top whatevers. Um, and we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. I can tell you, um, there is, uh, there is a Canadian season that's that's pretty high. So um, you can look forward to that if you want to. Uh, <laughs> I do have I do have some other statistics here uh, in terms of viewership. I knew some I know some people were interested in this. Um, the least watched season overall was Big Brother one with uh, about 60 percent not having watched Big Brother one. Um, that is followed by all of the Big Brother Canada seasons, um, of course, uh, you know, one through seven, with seven being the most watched um, at uh, at about 34 percent and Big Brother or Canada one being the least watched at 45 percent, not having watched Big Brother Canada one. Um, and then. These uh, these older seasons, of course, uh, Big Brother Canada, Big Brother uh, four five uh over the top is very down at uh, near the bottom not a lot of people watched over the top um big brother three nine two uh and then six surprisingly six is pretty up there in terms of uh people having not watched season six so uh maybe we'll see uh, an influx of people watching season six um but then uh, 11 eight and then seven all stars come on guys what are you doing what are you doing with your life? More people have watched season 13 than All Stars. Hmm. That's dumb. Tisk, tisk, tisk. It's dumb. Well, That's how right. many people filled out the survey? Uh, nearly 2,000 people. Good job, y'all. Yes. Um, so, uh, great showing. Great showing. Uh, let's see. We have then uh, 13, 12, 10. Uh, then the celebrity celebrity big brothers are both there uh pretty high uh watch rating and then from that point it's uh chronological 14 15 16 17 18 and big brother 20 the most watched season only one percent of responding people did not watch big brother 20 so there you go Cool. Excellent. <laughs> All right. I've so, never done a four hour podcast before, except that time that I talked with you on the Terran shows. So. <laughs> but even yes. that we broke up into two spots. Uh, so, and this isn't even the end. There's going to be an addendum. If you are interested in hearing about the uh, Canadian or the celebrity or the OTT, uh, we'll probably, what we'll probably do is we'll start with celebrity and then we'll do OTT and then we'll do the Canadian seasons last. If you, uh, if you want to listen to the addendum. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, that's what we got for you. I hope you guys enjoyed this trip down memory lane. It's always nice to go through and talk about these old seasons. Uh, it's it's been uh, a lot of fun. Um, any any final final words? Final thoughts? No, I mean I, I, I you know for those of you who uh, cannot see, I uh, I really put some time and effort into figuring out what I wanted to do. I needed to have a way to quantify it in a way that I could defend. You know, it's easy to come onto a podcast and say, ah, I like I like season thirteen because I love Rachel. What the hell? 
So, you know, that's, that's easy to do, but there, I feel like in order for me to have some sort of credibility, not a ton, but a little bit, you have to have a find a, find a way to back up your opinions. And so I, I really do like in the end what I came up with. And I do feel like for the most part, they mirrored most of both of yours opinions and the audiences. There were a, cl- a few, you know, what the F's in there. I expected 13 to be, but also uh, season two, I didn't expect everybody to be so high on it. And uh, everybody seems to like it. Also, season five, I expected people to be higher on it than they were. But aside from that, I was pretty much in line. Yeah, I feel like I, I like the rankings. Um, when you look at the list, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the only thing I'm a little a little confused on is Big Brother 12. But, you know, that that's just me. It's amazing to me that you like 12 so much, but hate Canadians. That's what's surprising because, to me. It's because to me, I felt like Big Brother 12, there was opposition to the brigade and I didn't necessarily feel like they were just marching to the end. But but see, this is also another thing is that I didn't watch the feeds for Big Brother 12. So I feel like that might be the difference is possibly editing makes it seem like there is an opposition where it's like Big Brother or Big Brother Canada 7, like I watched the feeds and I knew there was nothing coming. Like I knew that this was it and we were just going to watch them. They they are both the both big hits in terms of uh, ratings. I believe I think Big Brother Twelve was a uh, one yeah. of the more popular seasons from the casual point of view. So you might have something. Uh, you might be onto something there. You know the and the other thing is the cast. Um, I liked the people in uh, Big Brother Twelve a lot more than I liked in Big Brother Canada Seven. There were only a few people who I liked in Big Brother Canada Seven, uh, and I felt like Big Brother Twelve. It's there's so many memorable people for that came from that season. Whereas yeah. for big brother Canada seven, I don't think we'll remember any of these people, I agree. you know, I agree. by the time the next season, all of the, around. all of the memorable people, the fun people from big brother Canada seven were eliminated pre jury. They were all eliminated at the beginning. Whereas I right. feel like in 12, a lot of them managed to survive. Yeah. And so I just feel like that's, that's a season that sticks in my mem- memory more than big brother Canada seven is going to stick in my memory. I'm not going to remember any of those people. So uh, I just feel like that also contributes to why I like it so much. All right. Well, there you go. That is the rankings of the big brother us official seasons. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, let me know if you, uh, if you want to see, you know, more of these, I'm sure we're going to do another winner rankings at some point. Uh, certainly would have been more uh, urgency if Tyler had won. But, um, not the case. Uh, but I'm sure we'll do it again at some point and it'll be very fun to have the audience input on that as well. Uh, I will, like I said, uh, I'll have some sort of uh, graphic or whatever made uh, or at least list out the the overall lists uh, for the results of this um, if you're just, if you're interested in uh, not listening to the podcast and then looking at the list and complaining about it uh you'll be able to do that so uh i hope you guys enjoy that it happens every every time we do anything list wise even just interview people oh just i don't want to listen can you just like uh give me a summary oh i hate that summary these people suck <laughs> cool thanks yeah thanks for thanks for listening <laughs> um so uh but you can uh, you can find it there uh for for all of you lovely listeners that actually cared to hear about our reasoning and just want a visual of uh of what we came up with uh we can also get the individual um uh, rate rankings as well uh out there so you can see which uh which person ranked w- which way um and uh yeah that's what we got for you you can find me on twitter 
if you want, uh, at Armstrong Taren. That's where you can find things like the survey that we uh, sent out there if you are interested in contributing in any way to uh, any of these ranking podcasts or during the season if we do anything like the stock watch, then you can uh, you can find these forms uh, tweeted out from my Twitter page at Armstrong Taren. You can find Brent at One Lucky Gay and Melissa is at It's Melissa with three A's. <laughs> Oh my Brent God. <laughs> has been drinking a lot of Coca-Cola. Brent, three Cokes. Yeah. Well, I wonder why I had to go to the urgent care clinic uh, for dentistry on a Sunday. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> All right. So for Brent and Melissa, I am Taryn Armstrong. Thank you so much for joining us on this four hour journey. We will be back to finish with the rest of the seasons at a later point in time. Find me on Twitter for the, uh, the eventual date for that one. And of course we are looking forward to big brother 21 coming up in just a few weeks. So that should be a lot of fun as well. Thank you once again for joining us. We will see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.